This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, could you please introduce yourself? Good evening, all. This is B. Roke, aka Alex. Happy to be here to talk about comic books, as always, my man. George. Man, this is going to be fantastic. This is this is a this is a momentous occasion. We're giving you a holiday edition of the podcast, uh Memorial Day weekend edition. Shang-Chi has just come out. Shang-Chi, I've actually been corrected. I I'm, I'm glad I know the actual pronunciation now. Uh Shang-Chi and the Legend of the 10 Rings has come out this weekend, and unless you've been living under a rock, it's all anyone is talking about. Um, my boy here B Roke had called that this film could be a cultural phenomenon. Weeks ago, when all said and done, without spoilers, what did you think of the film, B. Roke? Uh, this movie uh, blew blew me away. I, I like you said, and I'm and I'm saying this out there because you can find my comments all over the internet. I called that this movie was going to be not only great but it would be big. Yeah. It, it it's I blew, blew even blew my expectations away. I took my family with me, and even my wife, who when I showed her the trailer, she was like. All righty, I'm going with you as always. <laughs> but and by the and by the end of the movie, she's like, I can't believe how much I love that movie. So yeah. for my wife to say something like that, the movie must be good. Right. I highly recommend it. Same. I would say that this is a bit of a game changer when it comes to Marvel. If if you're hearing this, and this is usually when I do this, why I do this uh, spoiler-free portion, because if you're listening every week and you haven't seen it yet, they'll listen to the beginning of this and then go back hopefully and see the movie. But I would implore you to watch this if you feel like the Marvel uh, movie formula has become a little stale. This doesn't necessarily feel to me like one of those assembly line Marvel movies where we're doing it, you know, paint by numbers. Uh, I was actually incredibly interested in the universe that they introduce here and the characters. They can all live self-contained. Obviously, they're not going to be because this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's a very charming introduction for a whole host of characters a bunch of different concepts that i don't think we've even covered in the marvel cinematic universe and uh to be honest it writes a lot of wrongs a lot of weird racist wrongs <laughs> that went on uh through, either through the creation of shang chi itself or characters like the mandarin as we'll speak about later on so yeah i implore you guys to watch this film i got um i got a lot of different vibes. I got Black Panther vibes. I've got um, Into the Spider-Verse vibes. I'll talk about why I feel like some of those uh, influenced this film. But yeah, go out, watch it, get it, uh, you know, any way that you can see it. I know it's going to blow up in China. It's going to blow up in China. This movie's going to make all the monies. 
Um, and another thing is I was talking to a friend of mine, an Asian friend of mine, and he said that he loved it. He saw it twice. And that hearing actual Mandarin Chinese in the movie theater, like almost made him cry. You know, it, it's that sort of representation. It's that sort of um, ability to connect people that these movies have have been doing for quite some time, but there's still subsets of people that have been neglected, even with 24 films in Marvel slate. So I'm glad that this film was created. I'm glad people are seeing themselves on screen with that representation. And very similarly to Black Panther, I feel like it brings women to the forefront in a lot of ways with some of these characters. And I thought that was uh, incredibly interesting. But that would be the uh, be basically it for the spoiler free portion of this podcast. It's time to get spoiler heavy. Uh, and a little bit of background information, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is a 2021 American superhero film based on the Marvel comics featuring the character Shang-Chi. Produced by Marvel Studios and distrib distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, it is the 25th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Crazy how far we've come. Crazy how far <laughs> we've come. Uh, it, the film is directed by Destin Daniel Creighton. I hope I'm saying that right. From a screenplay he wrote by Dave Callahan and Andrew Lanham from a story by Creighton and Callahan. It stars Simo Liu as Shang-Chi alongside Aquafina, Menger Zhang, Fala Chen, Florian Montenu, <laughs> Benedict Wong, Michelle Yeoh, Ben Kingsley, and Tony Leung. In the film, Shang-Chi is forced to confront his past after he's drawn into his father's Ten Rings organization. It's also well to note that this is the first MCU film to be filmed primarily in Australia, and it's going to be followed by Thor Love and Thunder. Both of those movies were filmed at the Fox Studios in Sydney, which Disney owns now. So now Disney's just using all their Fox assets to, uh, you know, for their own benefit, which makes sense. Uh, the filmmakers cite Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Kung Fu Hustle, Tai Chi Master, The Matrix series, and Donnie Yen's Ip Man films and Jackie Chan's films as an influence on the martial arts action. Did you see any of the, at that in there, B. Roke? Oh, I definitely saw tons of that. I mean, um, even just uh, a couple of days ago, because to, to me, you know, uh, Shang-Chi, you know, like you said, for apparently for for decades now i've been insulting a billion people by calling him shang chi yeah it's yeah. shang chi or or i love the scene even when he's even telling aquafina hey this is how you say my name how to yeah. pronounce my name yeah um but anyway um yeah so you see all these things like i said a couple of days ago i was just watching uh the classic bruce lee movie return of the dragon right where he fights chuck where he fights chuck norris at the end and i said man i really hope some of this is integrated into this movie and, and given this homage because i mean jackie chan really is the bruce lee of marvel comics yeah and then watching the all the fight sequences in this movie i was just like you could see all that you could see the the bruce lee influence the crouching tiger hit a dragon influence the ipmon influences and i mean this movie has some of the best choreographed action sequences i've ever seen and i'm looking at you john wick i'm looking <laughs> at you john wick so you know you know what I mean? So, like, guys, this movie has everything. Everything. No, it, it's it totally it's, does. it's a it's like just like you said with Black Panther, it's it this is gonna have that same impact. And that's what I called. That's what I said. Look, guys, we, we got we got a movie that that I believe Disney knows what it's doing with it. Marvel knows the impact it's gonna have. We're trying to serve not just the world, but particularly these one billion people. Yeah. And I think they they hit it out the park. They hit it out the park. Yeah, I like the we'll get into like the specific action scenes, but the action was off the charts in this. And th there's a there's weight 
there's weight to the fight. There's weight to the, 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 the physics of the fight are real. You know, I even like the physics of the 10 rings, like just the, the weight of the power you can see when they're being welded. They feel mm -hmm. heavy. The energy yeah. around them feel, <laughs> feel dense. There's a density. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they could have played all that crazy. As we all know, um, the villain of this film is a man named uh, Wenwu, but he is an amalgamation of two racist characters. <laughs> Uh, Fu Manchu, <laughs> uh, Fu Manchu, who's mm -hmm. the actual father of Shang Chi, and the Mandarin, which he jokes right. later is the name of a fruit. Right, and and and, and uh, you know the American. Right, uh, yeah, it would been it would it's it's right there up there with the Russian in uh in Punisher, right? It's like that's just his moniker, right? From right, the Russian, right. Um, and so that character has rings on his fingers. And so everyone wondered how they were going to interplay this. And no, instead, it's it, those rings are around his forearms, uh, almost representing some of the martial arts uh, training techniques of certain uh, martial artists where they use those weighted metal plates to increase their speed and strength. Um, but that's basically how the story opens up with this tale being told of a legend of a man played by Tony Leung, who thousands of years ago came into possession of 10 magic rings and used them to gain immortality and decimate anyone uh, in the way of his ascension as a warlord. He creates this whole army called the 10 rings and together they tore through all the opposition. And now, even now, thousands of years later, the 10 rings operate in the shadows and still affect the world from a distance what did you think about this retelling of the ten rings something that we had first seen in iron man one but not even close to this extent well and that's one thing i love that we're finally seeing is i don't know about you but in the first iron man movie you talk about mm -hmm. the history of the mcu now when yeah. they said the ten rings i remember just going mandarin yeah. and everybody around me being like did you just say a Chinese dish? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, yo, the Mandarin is Iron Man's big villain. They're they're building him up for a later movie because we're obviously gonna see, you know, Iron Iron Monger in this one. And I'm just nerding out, and everyone's just like, dude, this movie's gonna probably suck. What are you talking about? <laughs> and now to finally see, you know, all this time later, the Mandarin, the real Mandarin, come out. I'm I I I just I was blown away. It's just. I at first was not happy with them doing the rings on the forearm. I said, yeah. "Oh, I get, I get that it's the the whole gauntlet thing, and then having a guy with rings on his fingers would confuse possibly make, make confuse people that the general audience." Yeah, a lot but of hand, said, a lot of hand jewelry, right? Yes. So that <laughs> I, I, I when I read up about it, they were like, "Yeah, we wanted to get away from that." I said, "Okay," uh, and then even in the trailers, I was like, oh, "I don't know how it's gonna play off," but like you said, once I was in the theater. And I seen it in the Dolby Digital where you, you can oh, feel the man. sound in the chairs. Yeah. Every time he used his power, even if it was in a in a uh, a subtle way or in a massive way, that sound came through beautifully in the chairs and in the in the in the cinema. That I was just like, but never once was I sitting there going, "Man, I, I missed the rings." <laughs> I was happy yeah. with the four with the forearm gauntlets. I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and in that fine in that final battle, when it all comes together. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, we don't we don't need any more finger jewelry. The, yeah, don't the, even the worry wrist stuff works. 
<laughs> yeah. What I think is incredibly interesting is that they could have just, um, you know, told this story in a series of pictures or, you know, like old text and stuff. Um, but going back and actually seeing him conquer certain lands, you can see why he was able to do so, so swiftly. Like those rings are no joke. At one point he shot with a myriad of arrows and creates an entire force field just by whipping them things around. Uh, there's, yep. there's definite power in that. And we find out that even with all that power that he was able to obtain, he's still not satisfied. And he hears about a mystic right. village that is said to have magic, and he demands that he's to be taken there. Um, when they arrive, the trees rearrange themselves, <laughs> uh, which scared the hell out of me, uh, causing his caravan to basically be demolished, leaving him the only survivor. So he navigates through this forest alone. He sees a woman. And he demands that she tell her where this mystical village is, but she refuses. Right here, I'm getting full on crouching tiger, hidden valley, uh, hidden dragon mm -hmm. vibes. Right. Um, they fight, uh, but her graceful offense and peaceful demeanor kind of throw him off guard, and she's able to defeat him uh, and disappear. What do you think of this meeting? Before you find out what the full context of, you know, how it goes on to the future, what do you just think of this fight scene here? Well, even just like you said, the, the, the shifting forest, uh, bamboo forest at that was terrifying. It's like, well, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And then when he, when he finally does stumble upon this person, definitely, like, I just felt like I was back in 1999 watching Crouching Tiger, Hit a Dragon. I'm like, oh, here we go. They're going to start dancing on the trees and yeah, all. Yeah. They're gonna, they, and they did. And I mean, it, it was the, the fight scene between them was both brutal and just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I, and, and it turns into, it turns into a mating ritual. It's, she yeah. uses it to make him fall in love with her. Cause he's like, wait a minute, I have all this power. I'm, I'm conquering lands for hundreds of years. And this girl is just moving me around. Like, like I'm a puppet. Yeah. And instead of him viewing it as a disrespectful, I'm, I'm, I'm this conqueror person. He falls in love with her and it turns yeah, into he's this almost love impressed, story. And, right? and it was, He's impressed. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like he, know, they, he's like the like, whole oh. time that it's happening, the yeah, the whole time that it's happening, it, it, it's crazy. Because I mean, I, I, that's like a classic love story, right? You yeah. A powerful guy meets meets someone who can tame the beast. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what I, and that's what happens. She she tames him and shows him, hey, it's not always about fighting. Because even in her fighting, she's just playing with him. She's just yeah. they're like, yeah, man, I can. Def you have these crazy, mystical, powerful rings on your things. And I'm just going to sit here and, and beat you with, with wrist flicks. Yep. And wind, you know, and, 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 and the wind and the wind, you know, and he's, and he's like, man, I can, I can, I can level mountains. And this person is just like treating me like a dance partner. No, I and I thought it was great. Word, I thought it was that, great. That's totally what it becomes. It literally at one point just becomes a dance. You know, uh, they're they're equally yoked in their uh, fighting ability, and she leads him. She she they dance, and she's mm -hmm. the one leading the dance, right? Uh, in in various directions, and they they're in a combat. But the movie takes its time to give us these slow motion shots of them looking at each other while they're fighting, mm -hmm. and it's, right. it's it's like this like confusion. But I'm impressed, love at first sight, kind of you know all all encompassing kind of romantic vibe. Uh, you you kind of feel because you don't know who any of these people are besides Win Wu, um, if you've seen trailers and stuff like that. So I had no idea where this was gonna eventually go, um, but she yeah put, tosses him on his ass, and then we see a new scene where we see that this is a story being told by that same woman Ying Li. Uh, she's telling someone we don't see at the time. She explains that the two of them fell in love and had children. And now with something at stake, when Wu quits his operations as the leader of the Ten Rings to raise his family. Uh, Lee explains that she was able to defeat Wen Wu to her son, 
uh, Shang-Chi because of the magic of her village and the power of their great protector. She gives her son Shang-Chi an uh, emerald pendant, saying that it will always lead him home. Uh, so yeah, like that very that was very similar to me to Wonder Woman, where the mother's sitting there and reading the story about Zeus and the gods, or Black Panther, which starts off with, I want to say, Killmonger's father telling him about Wakanda. Um, what do you think about this world building? And we're going to do it again later when we talk about the what the Dweller of the Dark or whatever his name is, uh, the Cthulhu monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, it, it's, it never felt like exposition because yeah. it's so new, it was so fresh, and it was so beautifully told that even me, with all my knowledge of, of uh, from comics, was like, okay, I know this is different. They're changing certain things. And I was just enthralled by it, like, oh man. And even even in the storytelling, as we you know, we're gonna find out later, there's all these missing pieces that we're not getting. Yeah. So you're you're like, oh, okay, but how does that fit in? Oh, where's where's this gonna come in? And even my son, like, he's like nudging me. And even though I tell him every time <laughs> when we go to the every time when we go to these movies, I'm like, don't talk during the movie because yeah, I'm like every question you have is gonna be answered if it's a good movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so I'm like, don't talk, just just watch. But he's still like. Papi, I'm like I, I don't know either. <laughs> you know, I'm like trust me, just it's. But if this is a good movie, like I know it's gonna be, all this is gonna get answered, right? And so right. It, it's it, you're you're just sucked into it, and you're. I, I was just like, okay, uh, you know, that's not like, in the comics. His name is this, but it's not like this. So it, where where is this all going? You know, just I, I, I can't wait to. Yeah, you know, I just, I just couldn't wait to just keep eating the movie. You know, uh, and it serves another purpose because uh, not to you know uh lower one to raise another but this is the reason why i get so mad at the repeated um superman and batman films because we know that story so three-fourths of those movies we're just tapping our toes waiting for it to get past the shooting of the parents in crime alley or the spaceship landing and mm -hmm. getting the job in metropolis you know we're trying to get past that this original story, look at how much, how many people loved it just because it was something that they didn't know. I wish more um, comic book studio, you know, movie studios would take chances on other people. Now, I guess Marvel has the billions of dollars to do so. It's not easy to take a chance on a lesser known character. But that faith, if you have that faith and you're able to tell a good enough story, people are going to be Shang-Chi for Halloween for the first time in god knows how long you know and that's the goal that to me that's mm -hmm. the goal like to get other people to see themselves in this character for whatever reason i mean i definitely agree because because even even me i i'm a i'm a i'm a, a latino from new york and yeah. from the moment that he they show him as a grown-up i could totally feel this guy yeah you know what i mean and even beforehand and i and i highly recommend this uh netflix i'm giving you some free money watch kim's convenience I watched okay. uh, about I watched most of the series, um, mm -hmm. and because I wanted to get a feel for this actor, I wanted to know who because I, I don't know anything about this guy. Yeah. So I said, let me watch the series, and I mean, he plays a completely different character in in the show compared to the movie. Okay. Um, there's some similarities, but mostly completely different. But the whole time, you, you fall in love with this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow. You know, uh, Simu Lu. If I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing it properly. Um, he's a fantastic actor. Um, when I was watching him, like I said, in Kim's Convenience, he plays off, he plays a, a jock. Yeah. A big oh, jock, okay. like a dummy. <laughs> right, right, You know, right. which which does lend itself in this and that he's an athlete, which a, a friend of mine recently posted some meme about, oh, look, you know, uh, MCU stars got to become uh, 
they got to take off their shirts immediately in the movies. And yeah, I'm yeah, sitting there yeah. going, watch, watch, watch Kim's convenience. His shirt is off like every that's time. All, that's all he does, right? <laughs> that's, that's all he does. That's all he does. I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. So no, no, which is, but so, which is highly impressive because I'm like, you've been in this good of a shape for years. So it's not like something, oh, shoot, I'm Shang-Chi now. I got to go get in shape. It's just like, oh, I'm Shang-Chi. Uh, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, and you he, know, had so, been, he had been kind of politicking for this role for a while. He was sending messages to Marvel in, I think, 2018 mm-hmm. about like, yo, come on, yeah. I want to do it, you know. And and they, and they and he sold it and they picked right because even though there was some backlash where apparently a lot, a large part of the Chinese community was like, oh, he's not good at good looking yeah, they enough. They said he was ugly. I was like, yeah. Well, huh. And I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there going, where are all your more gorgeous men then? Because yeah. this dude <laughs> is me, good looking. Bring me the beautiful <laughs> ones. <laughs> right. If he's ugly to you guys, like, you know what I mean? Like, who, who are the gorgeous ones? You know, yeah, so I don't stand like, a geez. chance. If he's ugly, I don't stand a chance out there. Hey, man, <laughs> this is never going to happen. I'm, look. There's a reason why I do podcasts and not live casts. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, we, so we, we get to this part here, right, where we see adult Shang Chi, like like you were saying, but he's Sean, right? Um, and right, Sean, right? Which which took me it took me a while to realize they were saying Sean. Me too. I, since I thought they were saying Sean. Sean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought they were saying Sean. Yeah. But I love the fact that they even they, Aquafina even calls him on later on in the movie. I love it. I love no, it. No, it's fucking great. Um, so he wakes up and he goes to his job. It looks like he's wearing a fancy suit, so you think he might be going to somewhere of some, you know, prestige. Right. But he's actually a valet Parker. Nothing against valet Parkers. Um, we meet his best friend Katie, played by Aquafina, who uh, he's known for over a decade, and they're kind of portrayed as slackers who haven't really amounted to much. Uh, often choosing to like party and stuff instead of pursuing their purpose. Um, this is showcased when they meet friends for drinks and share stories. And one of their friends basically says, like, you guys are too scared to use your potential uh, for something serious. Like, I believe uh, she, Katie has a degree and Sean or Sean <laughs> knows a bunch of languages. Like, they should be doing more. And I have heard, again, you know, this from me on the outside looking in, that this is a heavy bit of pressure for those in the Asian community. They're always being compared to others. Uh in the community and always being told like, why aren't you striving for more? You know, like there's a, you have to bring your family honor by, by doing more, by being more. And there's a lot of Asian Americans who, because they're a mixture of both don't know their place in the world here. And so they end up kind of, you know, what is it called? Uh, just, uh, waiting in the water, basically keeping themselves mm-hmm. afloat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of actually investing in something. And that's, we see that in both of these characters here. And to be honest, I, I'm, I've, I've become a bit of a curmudgeon. I'm coming into a lot of these films for the first time and my arms are, are crossed, right? Like you got to impress me. You got to charm me. I'm going to watch you for two hours. So you got to be somebody that I want to win, that I want to see, you know, go through. And I haven't really followed a lot of Aquafina um, prior to this. I've seen some of this, like, commercials for her show i think she has on comedy central and stuff yeah nora nora from queens but i really like these two all that to say that i really really like these two i really like her in this role i thought that maybe having sometimes having a uh comedic side character can be a bit grating uh, on occasion i think she she did well in the role and never got bigger than it was supposed to and then when they're telling this story over drinks they tell the part of the story where um to confuse somebody that was trying to attack her she starts to sing hotel california yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> which is her thing of confusion like little things like that i thought were fun what'd you think i i yes the the whole 
to me, I guess not just the Asian community pressure, but to me, their their two roles in the movie kind of um, show the like I think appeal to the current even American demographic of people who are feeling that pressure to succeed despite college pressures, despite college debt. And the idea of, well, do I have to go to school to be successful? Can't I just do this right. idea? Because I, um, as a former teacher, I deal with that with, with students all the time and even former students. And even just talking to people nowadays of the idea of I got to go to school and do this and become like a doctor or a lawyer. And that's what that's what success is measured as. Yeah. And we, we definitely live in a society where you can do exactly what we're doing right now and be very successful. Right. You know, there are there are there are people who are making very lucrative careers out of sitting in their houses and talking into microphones uh, and and all and a slew and a slew of other things. So I, I definitely feel like this this was kind of a, a little hint or nod to, hey, guys, yeah, look, you don't need to follow the, those classic career paths to to be successful there. Find what you love and do it. Yeah, you know, because even even the Aquafina character talks about that. She's just like, I'm doing what I love. How many people get to say that they do that? Not a lot of people do. It's I'm true. friends with a lot of people who hate their jobs but make buku dollars. So and it, it makes them resent some of those things. It makes them resent, you know, certain parts of life because you you're doing something in service of something else, not in service of yourself. You're not feeding your own soul. Yeah, you're doing what you what you feel. You know, like like, you're like yeah, even after they finish their drinks with their friends. I love the fact that they're like, oh man, let's let's be responsible adults and go home. Or and then you see them just getting hammered and going to karaoke. Right. I thought that was just a great scene because who hasn't done that? Who hasn't been in that situation of man? It's it's Sunday night. I got to work in Monday morning, even yeah. though I hate my job. We got to go home. But you know what? Fuck yeah. it. Yeah, living at that point. <laughs> at that point, you're living week to week, right? Like you're just—it's yeah. not about any kind of foundation you're trying to build. You're just trying to get past the next week, the next paycheck, you know. And there, it's not even a struggle thing. It's just a—that's how your mind is, uh, takes on everything at at the yeah. point in time. I know for a, for a fact that there was a time in which I wanted no responsibility. I wanted to be able to walk away from anything at any point. Uh, when I was young, I was quite selfish, and I think that's something that we all kind of go through. But you end up learning mm -hmm. that you have to get these responsibilities, get these roles. If you want more out of life, you have to right. You have to do more to get more. Um, and if you don't want – some people don't do the more because they're scared of getting the more. <laughs> so they just – I think she says something similar where she says, like, every time I start something, I just kind of stop. Like, I get kind of good at it, and then I just right. – then I just stop, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, well, what are you scared right. of being very good or having to, you know, sharpen your tools constantly or the maintenance of being good at something, which a lot of people don't like either. You know, they get fit once and then yeah. they never, they never want to maintain it or they, they build up a yep. podcast and they don't want to continue it, things like that. So I, <laughs> I definitely, I get it. Um, so, you know, um, so. Well, I was just going to, I was just going to compliment Aquafina in this movie because to be yeah. honest with you, in most of the things I, that I've dealt with her in, I don't enjoy her. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I went even when they even when they even when they even when they casted her for this movie, I was kind of like, oh great, they're bringing Aquafina to be. I'm sorry to say, but to be the, the the Kevin Hart of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, I really hope she doesn't just put her her personality make her personality overshadow the movie. And yeah. I and because outside outside of um, the farewell, which I don't know if you've seen. Uh, it's a, it's it, it's I I recommend it. It's it's where she gets to flex her dramatic chops. 
Okay. Because everything everything else, she's kind of like a caricature, a caricature. She's this cartoonish kind of character. Yeah. Um. So, but whereas, and, and in this movie, I don't I don't know if they so much put her on a leash or she recognized, hey, I'm not the star of this movie. He is, and this this story is bigger than my than my quips. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I really felt like she had a much more controlled and uh character in this, and I much props to Aquafina. No, hundred percent. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, she she's just the right amount of her in this film. I feel mm-hmm. like, and there, yep. you know, even talking to the quips, the very Marvel esque quips of the MCU, this is not too quip heavy. They have a bunch no. of jokes in it, but it doesn't feel like the jokes are taken away from serious moments, which is some of the criticism that I've seen against the Marvel yep. uh, Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe. Um, after that long night out that you were talking about, Shang Chi or Sean meets with uh Katie to start a new day of work. And while they're on the bus, they're accosted by strange men who are <laughs> they're accosted by strange men who are interested in Sean's emerald pendant. He manages to keep them at bay by showing incredible martial arts skills that surprise even Katie. And when he seemingly won the fight, a man with a machete for an arm enters as a new challenger. <laughs> they cause a ton of damage on the bus, including destroying the brakes, making the vehicle unstoppable. Katie ends up taking the reins as bus driver after the original one gets knocked out. And using some good timing with Sean, she's able to maneuver the bus so that they lose the goons and stop the bus itself. Unfortunately, Razor Fist was able to snag the pendant. Um, before we gush about this scene, I just want to let you know that the bu- this scene right here was part of the director's pitch for the film. Uh, saying that this is the kind of fight sequences he wanted, ones where the stakes keep rising as the fight continues. Um, and I, I feel like that happens here. And he credit the director credits the film's supervising stunt coordinator, Brad Allen, who had already worked with Jackie Chan previously, and says that because of the work that he's done with Jackie Chan, he was able to create these set pieces that mixed up um, like setups and payoffs and the stakes are constantly rising to ridiculous level and you, then you get some even physical comedy with what's going on there like when he pulls the little <laughs> the, the, when he pulls the uh you know stop the bus uh string there yeah oh yeah. I, even, even when even when that when that what leads up to that when she when he tells uh katie hey when i give the signal you know you'll know what to do or turn the right or turn left or something and she's like the signal, what signal? Right, and, right. and what I love is like, unless you're a bus riding person, you will never really appreciate what it's like to hit that bell yep. or, or to pull that string. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and no, so, I yeah, totally dug that, that. that was... Even when he's outside the door, right? That's a joke where he's like, oh, can you open the door, please? Yeah, can you <laughs> open the door? Can you open the door? Yeah, yeah. He's hanging up. But definitely, side. definitely, definitely felt like a callback to the first Sony Spider-Man to when he's banging on the the, the school bus to, hey, let yeah. me in, let me <laughs> yeah, in. yeah. You I don't know, know so. I don't know a lick about martial arts but everything he's doing seems right <laughs> right like uh, everything man, all, no, the, no. all the positions all right. and, the, no, and the poses the, and stuff the the one thing I I I'm, I'm not going to say I know but I have taken some martial arts my son is in taekwondo awesome that first that first punch that he throws um people yearn when they train in martial arts to throw the perfect punch yeah and when he threw that punch and the the way he punched through the the person the the stance he took even the way he finished that breath i was just like holy shit i just saw a perfect punch this is real so (laughs) this is real like like oh snap and like even katie katie it's just one punch it's just one punch even katie aquafina sells it like yo you just did something amazing (laughs) right like like you, you know what i mean and and then when it goes into 
the whole beautifully choreographed bus scene. Yeah. It, it's it, it, like you said, the stakes, everything about that scene was just monumental from the, the bus. Mind you, if you haven't seen it is, is one of those connector buses with the, with the, the plastic thing between it. I'm sorry. I don't know yeah. the technical terms me, for all these me things. Either. Yeah. But it's basically, but, you know what I mean? It's almost, yeah, it, 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 it connects to one another. Right. So the whole time he's fighting these two guys, he's also got to be aware of the, the civilians. And then once he dispatches the the, the goons, yeah. the big goon shows up, like you said, with uh, Razor Fist, the man with the, the man with the one the one razor. I was yeah, a little dis- yeah. <laughs> disappointed. I was a little disappointed with that because in the comic books, Razor Fist has two has two, and ah. he doesn't even have hands at all, which which is which is goofy. Like I, when I explained it to my son. He's like, wait, in the comics, he has two of those things. I say, yeah. He, and he goes, well, how does he eat? And yeah, I said, Shh, don't teeth. ask stupid questions. <laughs> don't, don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> right. Don't right. ask stupid questions. It's it's meant to be he, like he's a he's a stupid assassin character who, who who has existed in a multitude of fashions because it's just a dumb character. But it's a dumb, fun character. You know, a giant dude with two razors for her hands. Yep. But anyway, so he's fighting. He comes to fight Shang Chi, and that's when the, the 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 fight just escalates. Now he's got a he's got this guy who's mutilating everything on the on the bus as he's fighting. And again, in in great Marvel fashion, they show that the hero can not only kick ass but be heroic. Because yeah. the whole time he's fighting, he's also saving all the people on the bus, including including the the guy who's live streaming the fight <laughs> hilariously. Hilariously, yeah. you know. He's like, I can't drive the bus. You know? Every time I drive a bus, I get in trouble. <laughs> I get in trouble. And even earlier, he even says he, he's like grading. He's like, man, you know, I've taken a couple classes in, in martial arts. So, yeah, everything he's doing seems to be OK. I'm yeah, like, shut yeah, up, man. Yeah. No, you know but that's, I mean? like, that's like all commentators now, right? Even us to an yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah. It's like, let, to, me, right. let me tell you guys what's wrong with this billion dollar film with millions yeah, of yeah, people yeah. working on it, you know? Yeah. Oh, my, my favorite is people who sit there and go, you know, these special effects didn't look quite right. And, and I can only imagine the... The, the you know when you watch the credits and you see the the VFX names that like eight hundred people yes. like yeah you just insulted eight hundred people who put right. God knows how much hours of work because you found one pixel that was off yeah you saw a you know, man's so, leg uh, or something <laughs> yeah 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 you know what I mean so so uh, but anyway this this beautifully choreographed scene that that like it felt like it went forever but not it never bored you. The, like he said, the stakes just kept the stakes just kept getting higher. Where it's like, okay, he's got this part down. Oh shoot, now he's cutting the bus in half, or now he's on the ceiling of the bus. Now he's going in through the front of the bus, and the whole time Razor Fist is just knocking out glass. And and oh snap, he's about to kill this this civilian even by accident. Let me let me do some crazy move and save the civilian. Oh, oh by the way, Katie, when I give you the signal, pop this off. It's just yeah. like how are you how, like it, it, it in that moment he like he goes from being Sean to shang and yeah. he's not only a guy who can fight he's somebody he can fight he can protect he can lead he can he can command respect it's it it this 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 what 10 minute fight scene encapsulates all this about this man in in that in that short amount of time yeah it, it was amazing absolutely amazing no you're 100 percent right and i think it also again because i don't know these things i'm gonna start using and making up terms <laughs> and i hope you guys just follow along with me but he seems to have a level of martial arts intelligence there's a there's a there and there's no wasted moments in this scene every punch is thrown for a reason every time he moves his body it's for a reason uh my heart jumped when the bus seemingly turns over on its side and civilians are about to fall through the windows the broken windows and he just yokes them back up he pulls them back up by their collars saving them barely from get being you know uh road road burn basically 
And yeah, like I said, again, all his evading, he's doing this uh, stuff, obviously, so he doesn't get hurt, but he's also doing it around a bunch of innocent people and making sure that they don't. He had complete control over that scenario, even though at times it looked dire he was able to to stop it he did he did with his intelligence and his savvy stop it and that says a lot about that character like you said it's it's while you're sitting there listening to the karaoke and watching him in you know his agent neighborhood like all of that stuff is great and then this happens and it's the i felt the exact opposite after um of how i felt when i saw iron fist basically i was like okay yeah i can see this man whooping anybody's ass like make a yes. formal form a line he'll just stand there he just whoop people's asses all day um so katie demands to know what the hell's going on right because what the hell is going on yeah uh, for real <laughs> so sean starts to tell her his story he says that he is headed to macau because he believes that they'll be going after his sister next and says that his sister sent him a postcard from there so he believes that that's where she's staying he also says that the men who came were sent after them by his father uh, he says he's gonna go. I'm sorry, I gotta go. And she's like, "Well, then you're gonna explain on the plane." And she's he's like, "What?" And she's like, "You're gonna explain on the plane." And she she just tags along. She uh, there was a lot of frustration and betrayal in her voice, which I felt like was authentic in the moment. Um, and then we get to the plane scene, and we get seemingly the story of Shang Chi because we're shown flashbacks of Sean and his sister, and we're told that after their mother died, Wen Wu started to train his son. The training was arduous, but it basically made him a living weapon designed to kill on command. In the shadows, his sister trained herself as there were no females allowed during training. And at 14, he's given an assignment to kill a man. And um, he tells Katie that he refused to do so. So he basically bugged out, refusing to return to his father. He ran away to America, changes his name from Shang-Chi to something completely unrecognizable, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, and he has been living uh as a pedestrian ever since um i love this this portion two things i love the comedic timing of the stewardess so they're sitting there yes. and they're having like this this epic origin story being told and a stewardess just walks up and asks them what they want to eat and then tells them that the thing that they did <laughs> isn't available um and there's right. only one choice available but she still asks asks them what they want so uh, Aquafina gives her like a sarcastic face, like, yeah, beef, right? Because it's the only thing we have. <laughs> so um, I, I love that. And then, like you said, the pronunciation of Shang-Chi, what I liked about that scene is it, it wasn't him even doing it with an American, right? He was also talking to another Asian. He was talking to another member of the Chinese community. So the idea that even he didn't know how to pronounce it almost almost gives uh, takes us off the hook. <laughs> it takes us, us regular folk who are having trouble off the hook. And I think that that was interesting as well. Um, yeah, the, no, all of this, spoiler alert, I love the fact that their relationship is never played as a potential romance. Right. Which I think, I think one, the family members, right, mentioned something similar, and that's the only time you hear anything of that. That's the only time you hear. And I dreaded that. I was like, no, don't make them, like, fall in love. Don't add that. And they never do. Yeah. You can tell that this is two platonic friends. There's never even an ounce, at least to me, of sexual tension between the two. Yeah. It really felt it really feels like two two friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just it's just two friends hanging out and it they 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 look at each other 
and but but she's she's her rider she's his ride or die and he's her ride or die because when yeah. when he's like I got I got to go to China to find my sister she's like well guess who's coming with you basically yeah and you know, the thing and, is and, regardless of of romantic tension there was always love there's right. always a, a exactly. of love between these two characters and respect yeah and um, those things almost more so carry the day for me like seeing that relationship made this better to me as opposed to having some mythical beautiful right i gotta i she, she's not giving me attention but hopefully when i become a hero she'll understand and all that kind of like eh, cut yep. all that out get all that out um that's right that's the, that's the nice thing the, the romance is between her father and, and the mother yeah and that was completely believable even yeah. even though it was really barely in the movie this whole thing is based on a love story and how love right. can overcome in a lot of ways, how it can change a man. Right. You know, and that's a yes, huge... Yes, most certainly. I'm constantly watching these films and wondering what is it trying to tell me? And this honestly had a bunch of beautiful life lessons in it. And that, if to me, it's like, why even make anything if you don't have anything to say? Like, say something. You have an opportunity here. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this movie said a lot. Yeah. A lot. And I mean, just like even, even in those little scenes where... Uh, he's explaining his origin, and the stewardess steward interrupts. <laughs> the, the, the 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 gravitas which you feel him telling his story, um, is it's you it's, you you can feel it's weighted, right. and yet you're like, man, there's still so much more weight to this story, yeah. <laughs> and it just gets it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. No, you're right. And another thing is, we, like you said, with the fight scene, you believe him. With this story and the gravitas, you believe him. And meanwhile, on Netflix, everyone's laughing at Danny Rand and his Shao Lao story because you don't believe it. You don't believe that the man no. is, telling, is telling the story. He doesn't seem like somebody who went through all that training. It just doesn't It doesn't connect. And so right. Oh, I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt. But see, this to me is one of the reasons why I was very satisfied with Iron Man 3. Okay. I don't think I don't think had they done even a, a fraction of what they did in this movie and put it in Iron Man three, do people believe it? I can see. That. I don't believe. I don't think that if Mandarin, if there, if the confrontation between Iron Man and Mandarin had been, even if he had come out with the rings and started shooting, you know, laser bolts from his rings, I think the audience would have been like, "What the hell am I looking at?" Yeah. Yeah. And here you know they don't mean? question any of it. Here we do some crazy things. We see some crazy concepts. <clears throat> right. And, then, and because the universe started that way, because the film started that way, you buy into all of it. I would also go ahead and say, if they had, let's say, planned this from the beginning and this was like the Mandarin, whatever, Tony Stark wouldn't have gotten away. Like if, it, if this was the guy who really wanted who really wanted him if this is the guy who really wanted to to find the jericho missile or any of that kind of stuff he wouldn't have gotten right. nowhere he would nope. have got chopped up and it would have and that just would have been it so i'm glad that he's still a menacing force in this film um when is and i love all the different layers of him and we're going to get into that now because yeah. um they arrive at mccall at the address the postcard said and they're roped into an underground fighting ring Shang-Chi unwittingly signs himself up to be a contestant, and we see that the current match up is Wong versus the Abomination. Um, a lot of people had seen this, you know, in the trailer. We didn't get full confirmation with, like, a face, but it is. It's 100% Wong. Um, I love that Wong wins, and he gets a standing ovation. I love that people are chanting for Wong. I'm sitting there mm -hmm. going... I'm sitting there going, yo, this is... So right. Wong, 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 yeah, Wong, Wong. Yeah. But he's not even um like seemingly him and Abomination are not even enemies because they are like they have like a post fight 
kind of chilling session, you know, cool down, uh, where he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, maybe we should, we should try some of those things that we practiced. You know, they're trying to, they're trying right. to, uh, do the professional WWE. wrestling. Yeah. They're trying to do yeah. the professional mm-hmm. wrestling route with it. And they, hey, it, it lengthens your career, Wong. So you're a smart man. Smart man. <laughs> so, uh, you have something you want to say something? Well, one thing I want to say about I oh, see I I avoid ever since the first Guardians movie I I try to avoid trailers with the exception of course when I'm at the theater, right? And so when everybody was talking, even making mentions of the Abomination and Wong, I'm like, shut up! I don't want to know anything. I like right. to go into these things as cold turkey as possible. Mm-hmm. So seeing the Abomination, I was just like, oh, that's so cool because then not only do they bring him back, because and I think he even calls he doesn't of course call him the Abomination. He, he refers to him by his uh his last name, I believe. I think he yeah. says Blonsky. Yeah, and I love the fact that they did change his face. They made him the actual abomination from the comics. He's, he's the not the abom. Yeah, he's got, got the, the fins, fins on the side of his. Face. I was like, oh man, <laughs> and my and my son, my son, because he's so MCU, he's like, right. that's not the that's not the abomination. And I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, that, later, other, that other weird Ninja Turtle looking guy that you saw in the Hulk is not the abomination. Yeah, you know, or what? What Doomsday? You mean Doomsday? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking like uh those um. Goombas from uh, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Looking oh. like the Goombas from uh, the uh, oh my from Mario from Mario, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, with Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Oh Jesus! Ridiculous! Why? Stop asking questions. Can we go? Mario franchise? Just do it. Stop trying to explain. Yeah, it just to us. just do it. Exactly, oh, exactly. Gosh. Um. So so yeah. Then it, and then you know it goes into another just epic battle scene. Uh, I'll let you introduce it. Yeah. So. He's got to compete. It's too late. The contract is signed, and it turns out his opponent is his sister and owner of this fight club, Zia Ling. Um, he refuses to fight her outright because it's his sister, and so she just knocks him out. She delivers a kick, and the thing is, I've watched this scene now twice. He looks like he literally falls, like he literally lands on his face when she yeah, completely knocked out by that kick. And again, again, another brilliant scene of choreography because it's showing that he doesn't want to hit her. He doesn't want to knock her out. He has uh, occasions where he can seemingly give a, a, a powerful blow and end this and turn this into his own favor. But she is incredibly skilled and doesn't really care about what he has to say. Um, <clears throat> but... Afterwards, they sit down and Shang-Chi explains that he came there after getting the postcard and wanted to warn her because they took his pendant and odds are they're coming to get hers. Xia Ling uh, explains that she doesn't need his help after he abandoned her when he ran away at 14 and also mentions that she didn't give him any postcard. Suddenly, the lights go out and the club is surrounded by members of the Ten Rings. Turns out Wen Wu set it up so that both his children were in the same place at the same time. He sends his assassin the death dealer in to take the pendant and he is nearly successful before shang chi manages to stop him he almost kills the assassin before wen wu himself steps in and interferes he takes his children and katie back to the ten rings compound uh so i just they covered a whole lot but yeah um there's there's it, a it, lot it, of animosity it, it, with the sister right why, why did you why did you feel uh, about uh, that early on well uh from, from the moment she's introduced i love the fact that she's there's none of that. Oh my God, brother! My God, sister! It's yeah. I'm about to I'm about to kick your ass. Yeah, and you're not. You're, you're like, wait, is is she being mind controlled? Is 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 what what's 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 going on between these two? Why is she willing to fight so hard against him? Does yeah. she have to play it up because they're in front of a crowd? And so after again a beautifully choreographed scene, which 
it, which would almost, if anybody, if you, for those of you who have siblings, it really looks like two siblings who they want to, you know, you know, when you fight your sibling and you want to just beat the crap out of them, but you, you know, want, if you, you want to make them tap, bro. you want to make them tap out, you want to make them tap. But at the same time, you got to worry about your parents coming in and kicking both your asses. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so, so it really reminded me of that. And then you find out when they ask her, they're always, oh, so you manage this place. And she's like, manage, I own this place. Yeah. And I, and I love that. It was like, oh yeah, she's all right. This, this, this girl is definitely a badass, you know? Um, yeah. And then when the betrayal, well, you know, she she technically betrays him. They walk. Yeah. They, they find that when they when they see the place getting invaded, the 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 guy who looks like Waka from freaking Final <laughs> Fantasy X, uh, you know, dips on him with with her. They go yeah. through the secret entrance, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna have to rush hour two, was it? We're gonna yeah, have to do yeah. like rush hour two and get on this bamboo scaffolding 100%. and have a, a, this crazy choreographed scene again." And, so good. And it, it was just oh it's so freaking good all these ninjas start coming down and they're fighting it and the whole time he's like aquafina is just trying to get away and yeah and they're basically on like this bamboo scaffolding on the side of the building so they're right. just lit by the city lights and the electric mm -hmm. billboards it gives us i mean obviously this is not what it was but it gives us like almost this neo tokyo kind of vibe to it in mm -hmm. the martial arts stuff um I'm not trying to, you know, equate china to japan in that instance but it seems like an influence there and you you get to see that they're all both siblings are incredibly well trained when it comes to this martial arts uh, stuff here, <clears throat> and and even then, like he's a badass. We've seen it. She's a badass. We've seen it. When dad comes home, they're just kids. Oh, they're just they're kids. Just children. I mean, I mean, uh, one. It was great to see him face off because earlier in the movie they show. Uh, I believe you call him the the, the death dealer, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the death dealer training him as as a child in right. what for me re reminded me of of three hundred in some of the training tactics that they had on him. Yeah. Um. He he, see, he sees this person that oh you, you're responsible for so much of my pain and like emotional torture, and he's he's about to it seems like deal major damage or even kill this person when dad is just like <laughs> daddy's home. It's yeah. it's over. And and that's it. it. It's just now. It, I'm, you know, it's it's a, the game game time. Let's let's get on with this. And he's oblivious. He shows up and is like, "I missed you. Where you where you been? Uh, I you know I knew they couldn't kill you. My chip off the old block. Like he's he, that's he, right. He's completely a miss for why they don't want anything to do with him, which I thought was interesting. The death dealer thing. I want to go ahead and say that I'm glad that he didn't get a whole backstory. We didn't have to find out a bunch of stuff about him. He's not a huge character in the comics. He was in like a nope. four issue run. Um, I remember when this when he was introduced and some of the toys were coming out. I try to do like some deep research about the guy, and it doesn't exist. The research <laughs> doesn't exist. So I'm glad that they didn't do a bunch of uh of random stuff now regarding xiling and even um katie those these are two characters made whole cloth for this film and sometimes when they do that it can really ruin things but i really like the dynamic that they set up here and the dynamic between shang chi and um his sister reminds me of both the relationship between Black Panther and Shuri in the sense of like he's the king but she could probably run it if she had to uh and what we just experienced with Yelena and Natasha, like that level of like, if I had to whip your ass, I probably could, but we're, we're siblings. So I like this new layer of, of, of usually in these movies, anyone besides the hero is, is worthless. They can't do anything. <laughs> they joke around right. and they get saved right. because they're the ones that eventually get captured, but they're never helpful. 
there's oh, he got heavy hitters all over his team in this film, and I really dug it. And yeah, I, I mean, but, no, go ahead, brother. No, I, I was gonna say I definitely agree because if you look at like say the first bunch of from um, phase one, you know it's Thor and you know he's got some friends that can fight. Sure, yeah. uh, Captain America and oh yeah, his best friend dies. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man and yeah, he's, he's got this girl that can run his business but can't fight for nothing. Of course not. Yep. Now you get Shang-Chi and you're immediately introduced to, oh, his sister, who's probably even deadlier than he is because it seems like she has no conscience, whereas he does. Oh, yeah, um, she kills somebody uh, in this scene, who, right? In this scene that we're talking about, she oh, kills well, somebody. Yeah, they're, 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 where, where it seems like Shang is about to save the person, maybe to interrogate them or whatnot. She just kills him and then she goes, has America made you soft? Yeah, showing the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if right immediately off the bat, you see that, okay, we love each other. There's, there's a sibling love between us, but we are not the same. Yeah. We were some, we, there, there's something that we, I went one way with something and you went another. So yeah. it, there's there, there again, there are all these layers and they're quick. I feel like we're spending more time talking about these scenes than the scenes themselves. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's how you're supposed to, to my, in my uh, opinion, that's how you're supposed to dish out this information. You find organic ways to dish it out as opposed to having somebody just narrate and she, because of her brother leaving, she did X, Y, and Z, you know, like those questions all get right. answered through the course of the, of the film. But I did like the difference between those two, but again, just children when dad's around. So we're going to go to the dinner table because <laughs> I thought, honestly, when he brought them to the thing, they were going to like jail, like they were going to like a prison there, but he has them at the dinner table. He's like, let's just talk about, let's talk about things. Let's talk about life. So. Once they're at the dinner table, Wenwu reveals that he believes that his deceased wife and their mother, Ying Li, is still alive and being kept within a gate in her mystical kingdom of Tao Lo by her people. He explains in great detail the amount of love they had for one another and how that love transformed him. Using the two pendants given to each child, Wenwu creates a map that can be used to enter the village. He plans to invade in three days and destroy the gate and the village after freeing his wife, who he claims has been speaking to him from beyond the grave. And even with all this craziness, he still believes that they can one day be a family again if he's able to free him. Now, this is the moment where I said that I got a bit of Spider-Verse vibes because it reminds me of Kingpin's goal in that film. Like he was going to destroy the world so long <clears> as he <throat> got his wife back. He was willing to blow right. up multiple dimensions. And there's something about that that's sympathetic for me. Did any of his um, journey in this make you feel sorry for him, Wen Wu himself? Uh, big time, big time. And um, like not so much because, again, the, the movie goes through so many layers that even in, when he first explains it, you're still not getting everything yet. It comes a little yeah. bit later in the film. Yep. So, so, But even in this moment, you're like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like the love of my life. The, I mean, because you see it early on in the movie in that, in that scene where they dance. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I, I changed my whole life for this person. I had I had children with this person, and now they're gone. So what's my reason for living? Yeah. Uh, the reason for living no longer exists, even though I have my kids. So which way do I go? Do I, do I be corny dad, or do I go back to being this ultra badass warlord that can run things for thousands of years? And yeah. I, think, I, think, I think we can all... all um, empathize when sometimes when the 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 new path is not the path you want to go down because it's not familiar i don't know what's that going to happen which way 
But if I go back this way, I know that path. I know I'm successful that way, regardless of what it means to other people. Yes. So it, it's very, it's very telling. It, it makes, it makes him a good sympathetic villain. You, yeah. you, it's not just he's like you. I think you, uh, you mentioned it before. You said uh, when the message to me, you were like, "Oh, it's not just another mustache twirling villain." You're right. Like you immediately, you immediately empathize with this guy. Like, yeah, man, if I lost my wife and went through all the stuff that this guy went through. And and then on top of that, like you said, he doesn't he doesn't find his kids and come out like, ha, 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 I have you now. Now get in my chamber of torture and you will tell me <laughs> right. he, he invites them. He invites them in like like they're his lost, long lost children. Like and when he when they first arrive at the temple, he introduces his my long like like the prodigal son has returned. Yeah. And and all the soldiers bow to them. Yep. It's a, you know what I mean? It's like, whoa, like you're not coming in as a as a captive. You're coming in like a king. Yeah. So it, it was it was amazing. It was amazingly done. And and I, I'm sorry, I forget the actor's name who plays uh, Wen Wu. He he was amazing. Amazing. He come. It's never forced. It, 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 it was so natural the way he comes across as this. I, I, in one second, he goes from uh, this mob boss to I'm dad. And you yeah. believe both characters uh, in the same amount of, of you believe you're, you're invested in both. Yeah. So, again, this this movie just. We're we're like an hour into the movie now, and I'm still like, <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing! This is amazing! It's so, it's so good, and it all seems crazy. And instead of it being a situation like you said, where you know the the hero is restrained, and so now he's gonna monologue about his plan. The reason why they know his plan is because he wants them in on it. He's telling them, "This right. is what I want to do. Are you guys down? We'll all be a family again." Let's just destroy this this mythical place and, and open up the gate because they're keeping her back there. And um, I thought that that was incredibly strong for that character. The actor's name is Tony Leung. And one of the other things that I liked about his story is something that I can relate to. And I think we all relate to in, in our most emo days is you reach a point sometimes where let's say a bad breakup or, you know, bad uh, situation in your social circles where you start to wall yourself up. And you don't let anybody come close. You don't let anybody come near. And you live that life for a while. It's protective life. It's a, it's a survivalist life. You know, to survive, I won't let anybody else come close for fear of being hurt again. And you can tell this is a life that this man led. You can't be a warlord with a weakness, right? So he had no weakness up until meeting this woman that he ends up falling in love with. And later on, it said that he blamed himself for not having the rings on him at the time and never took him off after that. Once once this happens again, we're right back to the 10 rings of it all because he blames himself for ever stopping, forever lowering his guard, as we all do. When we, you know, you fall back in love with somebody again, something bad happens and why the hell did I even try? Why the hell did I even open up this realm of possibility where I can be hurt again? And I can feel that in him. And that just showcases how well he's playing this character. Big time, big time, yeah. like the. The whole time I'm sitting there going, I, I really hope in like in classic Marvel fashion they don't kill this villain. You know what I mean? They can't yeah. can can we get a villain who can not be murdered like Loki? And even Loki <laughs> gets killed but he comes back to life. Yeah. Can we can we can we not kill all the villains? I want to see this guy guy live. You know? Yeah, he, yeah, he's awesome, and he he does tell them he's like, yo, let's let's do this, and the children object, and they say that no she's not still alive you must be hearing something else and i think shang chi even tries to like you just straight up tell him like i i can't allow you to do this and so he basically tosses them both over his shoulder and then it imprisons them 
in the compound for their efforts. Yeah. Well, and and that was and that was completely believable. Again, like he go in that instance, there was no oh, but but Shang or none of this. He just says okay, like you see the warlord come out of like oh yeah. now you're against me, and in the moment that Shang like before Shang could be like I'm gonna now showcase my super skills and kick the crap <laughs> out of everybody. Uh, 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 he he just grabs him and flips him and like nah, Rap City, you're done. Yeah. You, you're against me. You're done. P- and throw throw him in prison and let's get the war troops going. We out. Yeah. Like um, what? And again, what? like you said, b- believable. Like it, the, we've only seen his grace with his children up until this point. Like we've seen him even when he's training them, he's not actually the one doing it. It's somebody else, right? So we haven't seen how he can turn up the flames when it comes to people that oppose him and. Even his own children, he's willing to put them in a compound. Um, mm-hmm. they, they chose to explore the. They choose to explore the compound after hearing a noise, and are shocked to see another person is in prison there. It is the former actor turned drug addict, turned terrorist, turned now clean <laughs> actor Trevor Slattery, the Mandarin <laughs> from Iron Man Three, who was imprisoned for his less than tasteful appropriation of the Ten Ring gimmick during that film. What do you feel about all of this? This quote unquote retcon, or how do you feel about the idea that they made this go all the way around? That he was lying and ah. then he was stopped by the Ten Rings and he is paying the price for it. Well, I mean, if you've seen All Hail the King, yeah. which originally debuted on the Blu ray for Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. again, this is where Marvel shows, hey, look, we had a plan, guys. Calm down. <laughs> like, even in that movie, when they when they turned it around, it, I don't think they ever meant to be like, "And this is the Mandarin in the MCU." Right. No, the, a, he still exists. We're waiting to properly reveal him. And when you watch, uh, you know, "All Hail the King" or "Hail the King," I, I forget exactly what it's yeah. called. And you know, um, this agent for the Ten Rings takes tells him, "No," and he want, you know, you, you you insulted him, and he wants to meet you. Yeah. You're like all these years. I'm like I'm been drooling to finally see the real Mandarin. <laughs> Right. And to see this character show up in this movie goes like, like it just, it's like, it's not, it's like at the end, it's like Kevin Feige sitting there going, you see my man, I had a plan. <laughs> don't all, worry all, about don't it. worry about it. Why you worry? You see what we got? And not only does he come back as this character that man, I mean, people, I remember when that movie came out, people were angry. I and was I'm angry. Sitting, I'll say it. I, I was damn oh, frustrated, I'm just, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Listen, listen. Well, first of all, I didn't think Aldrich Killian was that cool. Like that unique of a villain at the time when we already had Justin Hammer and then uh, Obadiah Stane. It was just another tech guy trying to get at Tony Stark, which is the majority of his comics. So I get that portion of it. But the idea of I am the Mandarin, I didn't know. Nah, I didn't like any of that. And it called it like of faith or whatever but this here ingenious way to turn that all around and it also makes i think it's going to make iron man 3 upon rewatch even more interesting when you realize well that's what that's why i've i know i see that's the thing i've always liked iron man 3 yeah all, all the aspects i i because to me iron man 3 I, I was to me was not meant to showcase the villain it was meant to showcase iron man yeah uh, to this man who in the first movie is the definition of arrogance and to then see him go through what he went through in the Avengers movie and to see him have this PTSD and have to overcome his own personal demons in every which way. So th- th- to me, they brought in this side villain because they were like, we don't want to detract from the story of Tony Stark here. Yeah, yeah we're just going to throw in this crap villain because we're not going to give him the real Mandarin because one, like I said, I don't think 
had you seen a guy come out using magic spells and throwing bolts of whatever because because yeah. that's another thing in the comics every ring does a different power yep you know what I mean? So had they done that, I think everyone would have been like, wait, wait, wait. So that ring is the ring of what? This is the ring of who? And blah, blah, blah. And, and huh? And, it would, and people would have just been like, yeah, this is – I think people would have checked out. I so, think – now that I think about it, it I um, think my biggest issue with, with the whole thing was the fact that I actually did like the weird propaganda videos they did with – Ben right, Kingsley? right. I thought they were right, incredibly see, chilling. So to make they that were. turn out to be a go a joke, I that's I guess where I checked out a little bit. But uh, because I, it was so similar to some of the videos we had seen on this side from the Taliban and other uh, right. terrorist organizations right. and stuff. Right. Um. But instead of making them cliche, the Ten Rings is something completely different now. Now that we have this film, we yes. actually get to see what they are and uh, how freaking formidable that they are. I like Trevor here. I like that he's clean. I like that he has hair. It's all funny. Yeah. All of it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's wearing yep. basically pajamas. He's wearing <laughs> like what Dora was wearing. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what I like is that when they first hear him, they hear they think they're about to encounter like an animal or or some howling mad person. And all he's doing, he's just practicing his lines. Yeah. You I, know, they're like, I was already thinking? thinking it was him, though. I was like, that it's got to be. Tell me. Tell me they get there and it's him. Uh, and it was, and I, I, I love it. And I love that he, his, he thinks that his acting skills is what saved his life. Like he was captured and he was ma- managed to act so well that, you know, when Wu keeps him around as some sort of jester, which is really, really funny. And um, we end up meeting a mystical creature who was with him named Morris from Tao Lo, who promises to take them to the mystical village before their father can get there and destroy it. So Zai Ling breaks the wall down and shows them the compound has hidden tunnels that they can use to escape. So they do so after stealing Razor Fist's vehicle and when Wu prepares for war. Something that's funny is Morris is voiced by D. Bradley Baker. Um, he doesn't really talk. He just like squeaks and stuff. He was like cousin it. A hundred percent. Which is funny because D. Bradley Baker also quote unquote voiced Sebastian the Rat in The Suicide Squad. <laughs> So my man is oh, out here killing it, bro. Man, I can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, people people make fun of Vin Diesel for like, man, you recorded three words and you're making all this money. This guy's recording noises, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And even less for the rat, right? Just little squeaks. <laughs> like the, yeah, he yeah. He never spoke. <laughs> really, really funny stuff. It's crazy. Um, that's crazy. We eventually get to the entrance of, of Talo. I wanted to take this time to um, just express how much I enjoyed the Planet of the Apes joke, where uh, Trevor, <laughs> Trevor says that he was he was motivated to become an actor because he's watching. watching uh, he went with his mother to watch. Planet of the Apes. Oh my god! Yes, and, and he's like, "How how did they get the monkeys to do that?" And his mother is like, "Oh no no, that's not what that is. It's acting." And he perceived what she said to be that the monkeys were acting in that scene, as opposed to them being humans dressed up as monkeys. It was hilarious. It gave such a straight face the whole time. He's like, "And that's yes, what I knew the, the whole time." And he, uh, and even when like they're trying to tell him. Oh, you know, those monkeys were just riding horses. Yeah. Yes. Acting it's like amazing. Acting, acting, <laughs> acting like they were riding horses. And, you know, I was like, you know, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, that just goes to show you the the grandness of Ben Kingsley. I mean, there's a reason why that man has an Oscar. Yeah. And I love the fact that, like, he's at a point in his career where he's just like, you know what? Because, look, 
this reminds me a little bit of what Anthony Hopkins tried to do when he did that tran- that that terrible Transformers movie. Oh, yeah, where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm 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 sure Anthony Hopkins. I'm gonna elevate this movie by being wacky, and I'm I'm, I'm Anthony Hopkins. I can do whatever I want. Expand no one my gave resume, a cr- cetera, right. Yeah. No one no one gave a crap. Like that was the last Transformers movie. We haven't had crap from Transformers since, with the exception of those good cartoons they've done here and there. Yeah. But here, Ben Kingsley. He and, and uh, he elevated the movie. Yeah, he, he like he brings this this just I mean, it, it, especially what he does later on in the movie is just hysterical. Oh, the things it, it's just hysterical it's what he so does. Funny. It's it's and it's so. It's interesting that you bring that up because one could argue the inclusion of Trevor Slattery in this film allows then Aquafina to shift into a more uh, serious character once we get to Taolo. She jokes a bit mm-hmm. there. But she, but she gets, gets way role. more serious. Yeah, she gets a role now in this story. She gets a path, a purpose. And um, we can now just look at Trevor as the guy who's kind of joking around and stuff. Even even there, right? Because he's doing, um, he's like, uh, who knows when it's going to open? It can open whenever. This guy's a mystical creature. And who knows the kind of things that are going on in his mind. And I'm just the vessel speaking on behalf of the, oh, yeah, it's open. I can go. It's open. <laughs> <laughs> Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go. <laughs> All of that stuff. So freaking funny. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they get there and the entire place seems to be bursting with myth, with mythic creatures. Um, I loved this. I felt like I was in like Pokemon or something. I'm like looking yeah. around yeah. and I'm like, boom. Like this, this is the moment that the film made a turning point in my mind. Cause I'm like, this is a universe in it, in and of itself. It's mm-hmm. self-contained. Uh, this is this entire, uh, Tao Lo is now a new concept in the MCU. The fact that some place like this can exist with these creatures and, the, and these warriors, which is something, again, they try to kind of slide in with uh, uh, Kung Lung in Iron Fist, but not nearly as well. Um, no. And there's even Defenders is about dragons, you know, and no, nothing even as close to how cool any of this stuff is. Nope. Um, so I, I totally dug that. They are immediately met by the people of Tao Lo and are shown that they are unwelcomed. Suddenly, a woman steps in front of the crowd and identifies herself as the sister of their fallen mother, Ying Nan, the guardian of Tao Lo. Shang-Chi warns her that of her, his father's plans and the entire village gears up for war by creating weapons adorned with magical dragon scales. When Shang-Chi mentions the gate, he is told the history of Tao Lo. Thousands of years ago, he was attacked by a soul-consuming dweller in darkness and his winged minions. However, the village was saved by a dragon called the Great Protector who helped seal the dweller and his minions in a mountain. According to Ying Nan, the dweller has been influencing Wen Wu into believing Ying Li is alive so he could use the rings to break the seal. If he does so, it could spell the end of the entire world as we know it. I also love that this is kind of taking place in a secluded area. A lot of times when this happens in the movies, you go, well, why didn't so-and-so come and help? Why didn't so-and-so show up? Well, we're in another dimension, seemingly, at this point when we're with Tao Lo. So I, I like that. How'd you like the expansion, expansion Sorry, on, yeah. the, on the mythos of Tao Lo with this story of these um, creatures? And were you familiar with any, any of this stuff before watching this film? Um, and honestly, no. Um, and I want to, I want to correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, uh, internet and world out there. I don't think this is a connected to, uh, Shang-Chi to, right. to me, this room, this reminds me more of what happens in Iron Fist with Kung Lun and then the discovery of other 
um, cities. So the I believe it's heaven, one of those. Right? The cities of the heaven. The cities of heaven, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was familiar with it from that perspective, but not being connected with Shang-Chi, which again, still made me get giddy at the idea of we're going to also get a good uh, um, uh, Iron Fist. We're going to get a good Iron uh, Serpent. We're yeah. going to get a Fat Cobra. And so like, <laughs> here we go, here we go, here we go. There's so much to this that doesn't have anything to do with Endgame and Thanos and and it's it's its own thing and yeah. I like I was just blown away. I want a Chinese dragon pet. I mean a Chinese lion pet now. Yeah, uh, yeah, those yeah. things were adorable. Those, no, those things, things were adorable. I love that. Yeah, they don't have a face on some of the, the on the other. No, the no, 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 no. The, the, the lion, the, the smaller thing, the the, the yeah. Morris, the Morris creature. They don't have faces, but the yeah. Chinese lions, the the two giant lions that were in it, majestic uh, as, I, as soon as uh, majestic as hell. They they show they could be ferocious, but then they they even show a scene where they're just like laying in the grass, and Morris is just like jumping on their face and doing yeah. all this stuff, and they're just like, yeah, man, just leave us alone. Even they get plated like, up with armor. Even they get they. Get yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, like, you know, and cool. and it, and, it, and it definitely gave me like those He-Man vibes when I was a kid. Like I want Battle Cat, and I'm like <laughs> looking at these things like it's Battle Cat. Yes, bro. You know, the, um, the arm, the wars of the future are going to be war, uh, won with vibranium rhinos and these Chinese <laughs> and these Chinese lions. That's it. That's all, that's oh, all we need. and I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I had. I was like, oh, please don't tell me we're gonna get like the 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 graphic shift that we got in Black Panther, and we didn't. For no. the most part. For I, the I, most part. I can agree. This and this third act, which we're getting to, we're not there yet. Um, it's it, like I, I've never seen something like this before in Marvel. There's no big beam, you know. There's no countdown to stop a bomb. There's there's none of that going on. There's no there's no. no even real. There's no real MacGuffin. I guess you could argue that the Ten Rings might be, but no. I I would I would say that that um they everything else has been laid so well. The desperation of Wen Wu, the the fractured um feelings that shang chi has between his father this quest because what if his father's right if his father's right then everyone's an asshole right like if his father's right then everyone's wrong and he has this moment here where maybe he can get his mom but it's not worth it if it's not true and i love i love that he is in such a desperate position that he would still even believe it like only when you're that desperate are you willing to try anything to get what you want back so I really, really yeah, that. no, it, no. It's, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The the exposition that came with when um again the play uh from his from the aunt played by the legendary uh Michelle Michelle uh, Yo, yes. I believe her name is. You know, yep. from from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon fame, as well as a slew of other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, when she gives the exposition as to, I understood it because I'm like, here's this whole new, brand new thing that we've never seen, and even in this movie, we're convinced up until this point may not exist. Right. Uh, so, so I get that we have to get those explanations to it, but I was uh, at the same time like, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have mind a little bit of a fast forward on it. But once <laughs> yeah. we got through it, once we got through it, and we got to experience Taolo, then it became like, wow, this is a, a great place. And again, that's when I really started to get even more excited for, well, when are we going to see um, this city and this city, and you know, hopefully Kunlun and get uh, get the, the the real Iron Fist, you know. Yeah. So it, it just so much, so many wheels in my head were turning, and I wasn't even thinking about of like Eternals, and and Spider Man. I wasn't even thinking of that. I was just thinking yeah. of the martial arts, mystical aspects of the Marvel universe that even in the comics are barely explored. Right. So to see it on the big screen in this in this fashion, I was just blown away, blown away. 
I agree. I, I think that those are all great points, um, especially when you consider the fact that some of the media that they come out with now can be a bit filler. And so you're literally only eating Easter eggs. That's how you get full by, oh, I know that. Oh, mm-hmm. I know that. And in this film, eventually, right. I just stopped looking for Easter eggs. I genuinely like the story being told to me. And I'm letting the movie right. unfold the way it chooses to without trying to figure out or predict or any of that kind of stuff. I really like that the changes that they were able to make to this lore, because to be honest, like you were saying earlier, it was kind of thin to begin with, you know? So if you can, if you can create something almost whole cloth and make it better, this is how Mr. Freeze is who he is now. That wasn't his origin. They wrote that in Batman, the animated series. And all of a sudden that's that's the origin now. So I love that some of these changes could end up being something bigger for these characters. Yeah. Big time. I mean, because even, the uh, Shang-Chi, uh, the original Shang-Chi character, when he was created, like I said, that was that was Marvel and Stan Lee at the time going, hey, we can capitalize on the on the karate and the martial arts popularity. Yep. We can't get Bruce Lee, of course. So let's make up this Shang-Chi character. And also let's buy the rights to, um, I believe it was Yellow Claw or maybe, or Fu Manchu, Fu Manchu. Yes. Let's yeah. buy the rights to make Fu Manchu in the Marvel Universe and have him be his, have Shang-Chi be, uh, Fu Manchu's son and build around those characters from that 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 universe that's already um, developed from from being written in China. Mm-hmm. So they had that going, but then Marvel lost the rights yeah. to those characters, and then Shang Chi was all by himself. So yeah. then it's like, oh, what do we do with this character now? Uh, well, let's start, and then then they started just experimenting and and doing all these different things. But even at his most popular he was never uh, at the level of Spider-Man or even the X-Men. So, so it, there's not much there. So here's, here's Kevin Feige and all the, and, and the, the director, I forget his name, I apologize. Oh, and there, and the writer's opportunity to insert this really brand new character into this universe and connect it any which way they want to. Yeah. And you're not outside of like the most hardcore Shang-Chi fans. I doubt you're going to hear much of a, well, you disrespected this or you changed this because even the stuff that <laughs> even the stuff that you're disrespecting was blatantly racist. Yeah. What a couple of weeks ago, I was showing you some of the stuff that like, can you imagine them trying to put this in a movie right now? Like, forget about it. Disney Disney would go out of business to oh God. if, the if man, they tried the to Mandarin had long nails. Uh, he had long, nails long nails, like the super, like the super. Oh, my eyes. God. And. Yeah, the yeah. racist eyes and uh, I, I he was, was a, he was a, he was a caricature. He was a caricature yes. of, a, you know, of right. an Asian villain. And like I don't know who. I mean, that was back in the day where I guess they assumed all their readers were going to be American. Um, but yeah, we're living in a in a multicultural world now. Globalization is a thing. We're all seeing each other and seeing each other's cultures from afar. This is the moment to strike hot. And again, like you said, add layers to a character that was kind of thinly veiled uh, to begin with. And now with these two other characters that they've introduced whole cloth, like Katie and Zai Ling, who knows what the hell they can go. They can go anywhere now. Um, so later, Katie is trained on to, uh, how to use a bow and Zaya Ling is given time and space to train and perfect her skills. Shang-Chi trains with his aunt who teaches him the skills he would need to defeat his father. And that night while talking to Katie, he confesses that his mother was killed by old rivals of the 10 rings called the Iron Gang who showed up when Wenwu was away. 
After learning of the identity of the of these killers, Shang-Chi accompanied Wenwu to a bar where Wenwu attacked and killed several Iron Gang members in an attempt to find their leader. Wenwu then told a traumatized Shang-Chi that a blood debt must be paid in blood before asking him if he wanted to join him in his quest to kill his mother's killer. Shang-Chi agreed. He did kill the leader of the Iron Gang, um, which is not what he told Katie. Uh, he literally did it and then got traumatized and ran away. And so he now he says, just like he killed that man, he will kill his father, which is what he was trained to do. Uh, he doesn't look too happy about it and neither does Katie, but he feels this is the only way to, to stop all of this madness. What did you think of the scene here, this flashback with Wenwu? I loved the whole Wenwu at the bar thing. Um, he looked pain, he looked hurt. The, the way he fought, he fought in anger where as opposed to before, he felt more poised because he knew how much power he had. He never really seemed like he had to exert any anything, but you, he fought with rage in that bar. What do you think of that scene? I mean, I felt that scene, and even even without the emotional aspect, I want to give props to the uh, cinematographers and the and the director. One thing, even before this point of the movie, they constantly found new ways to pr portray the fight scenes. Yeah. Um. In the in that first fight scene on the bus, the second fight scene with him and his sister, mm -hmm. and then and then when they're fighting in the building, there's that beautiful scene like you had described, where they're um him and Death Dealer are fighting in front of a pink neon sign yeah and it just looks so different and then even in this scene now when we're finally seeing dad hand, handle the business it's mostly seen in the mirrors of the restaurant yeah and it's seen from afar you know it's not brought up close but you can still enjoy the movements and the, the brutality of his attacks and i mean this guy is taking shotguns to the to the forearms off yeah. of his fist yeah and i was like oh my god he's gonna come back with some scars and he's just throwing people around and just you every punch you can feel is is a is a mourning blow for his wife yeah. because even again i was happy and i not I, <laughs> be careful yeah. I, I wasn't happy that the, of course it was it was a very sad death when you actually see his mother get killed but even i up, up until this point was like is the, is the mother really because he up until up until like halfway of the movie they don't even say that the mom is dead they just no, say, yeah, it's a gone. very weird thing. When it happened to me, I was like, did I miss something? I missed nothing. What, when, when did she die? How did she die? And I kept thinking, man, I'm going to have to watch this again. I blinked and I missed something or I didn't hear them say something because I really honestly believed that I didn't like it wasn't told how or why she died. They just said once mom died, we, 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 uh, we started training with dad and that was it. That was it, right? Well, and they, I don't even think they said died. I think they said gone. But yeah, you, yeah. you've already seen it twice, so you could be right. But I, I felt like I kept hearing the word gone, which to me was like, great. We're gonna find out that the mom is really alive, and she's yeah. like the real bad person of the movie. And right. then it's like, no, she's dead. They she's killed gone, her, gone. and she died. She died protecting her family. And Shang Chi had to watch the whole thing because he's a seven-year-old kid. You know what the hell can he do? Right. And then the dad comes home like like freaking Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven, oh and it's God. just like oh word. He just looks at Shang Chi like just just show me which one is that him? You know what I'm saying? Doesn't that look like is that it. him? And, yeah, and, and Shang Chi doesn't even. And, and I love how they they portray that relationship because again, like you were saying, like this this movie just shows so many different things, and in, even it's telling a story. Like this reminds me, um, of like me and my dad. 
yeah. when like I, I don't know if you 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 had this experience, but there, when you're a kid, because that's something that just drives me nuts even about today's culture, the fact that like a lot of times we ask our kids stuff. Oh yeah, no, and yeah. then we <laughs> and we ex- and and it's just like it's just like nah, man. Back in the day, your parents don't ask you; they tell you, and 100%. you listen. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, it's like, do you mind having a cheeseburger from McDonald's? Right. And they have the nerve to be like, you better get me a 10-piece chicken nugget. Right, right, right. I'm just sitting there going, yo, be happy you're getting food. 100%. You know Free what food. I mean? Free food. You, you, know, you, you know what I'm saying? So, so like, when they walk into this restaurant and Chong is – you can see Chong has – even even and that kid actor did a hell of a job. Yeah. To convey the emotion of, I don't want to be here. My mom just died. But my all-powerful dad here wants to come here to blaze the hell out of some people that killed my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm going. To, I'm. I'm reluctantly here because I have to be here. And so when the dad just looks at him, is like, "Is that them?" And he just kind of gives that nod of like, "I don't want to see them die, but I also don't want to get my ass kicked." Yeah. So yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and like and like you said, we get that moment where the where the fight is seen through the reflection of the mirror, which kind of creates a distorted version of his father. This guy who's never uh, raised his voice. This guy who never acted out emotionally. Who was uh, seemingly, from the point of Shang Chi's, you know, his point of view, a loving, caring, providing father. He never knew about all the other craziness that that came from you know that that other life that he lived and now he's getting to see his dad unleashed he's an animal uh just cutting through these people and then even that last guy who's like he's like where's the, where's the leader and he's like I don't know and he just shoots him through the chest at point blank range with one of those rings and you can see Shang-Chi's face he's like this is only going to lead to more of this more of mm-hmm. this we're just yeah. blood and blood and blood and blood so much so good yeah, yeah no and then and just right in the way and the and and then again even in that scene because i mean as, as speaking as a father there are times where i i have been absolutely brutal and then gotta turn into dad yeah and so like for me seeing that i'm like i get that you know and i think my son was even kind of giggling about it because he's like yeah you, you know like he's kind of looking <laughs> at me like that's you that's you sometimes right, right, like right. Yeah. some you know, I, I one minute, one minute I'm, uh, you know, f- getting upset because the house is a mess. But then the next minute I'm like, who wants to play with Legos? Right, right. You get road rage on the road and then you're like, everybody okay? Everybody good? You want to get some ice cream? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate chip, chocolate chip. You know, um, so so it, it, it's a beautiful scene of because in the in the dad's eye, again, he's doing what's right. Yeah, he's he, these people came. And the mom even said, look, we can handle this this that way. When my husband gets back, we'll take care of it. And they're like, nah, man, we got to take care of this now. So mm-hmm. dad is like, oh, you want to take care of this now? We're going to take care of this now. And he takes care of it. He he takes care of it all right. Yeah, I might even and, be wrong, but I think Shang still has some blood on him. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, man, he, 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 the guy he kills, he kills like within like a foot of him. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm pretty sure Shang is just like, yeah, dad, you know, you got some. You got some brain spider on me, you know. <laughs> Can you help me out? Ridiculous. So it, it, it's it was a, a beautifully brutal scene. It, 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 was, it was very well done. Very yeah. well done. Um, uh, adorned in their dragon armor, the warriors of Taolo confront the arriving Wenwu and the Ten Rings. When the people of Taolo refuse to let Wenwu open the gate, he starts the charge, and both sides battle. Shang Chi attempts to stand. Uh, 
stand up to his dad and stand in his way. But after a mostly even and intense fight, he is punched into the ocean. And I think this is the moment uh, that I was like, oh, where he says something along the lines of like, if mom was still alive, even if she was still alive, what would make her make make you think she would want anything to do with you? And I was like, damn, that hurt me. I was Oof. like, yeah. it's true. Look yeah. at, look at where time. you've become yeah. now. You've become the guy mm-hmm. before you met her, you know, and it, she would be ashamed about all this. And I heard that and I was just like, damn, it, it reminded me of um, in Spider-Verse where we don't understand what it's in reference to, but that Spider-Man dies because he tells Fisk like, bro, she's not coming back. Like she, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, she's not coming back, uh, Wilson. And he flips out the same way he does here. This man damn near killed his son. Like had he not been saved by the Greek protector, that his son would have been dead. And his son would have just been seen in his eyes as just another obstacle in the way of him reuniting with the love of his life. And that's crazy how much he could just become a casualty in this situation after being so close and loving. Uh, he, this man is is driven. No, I mean... I want to I want to back up a bit. Yeah. Um. I I really just want to like because you you kind of hinted to it earlier. Um. Before the whole, I don't know about you, but anytime now, um, when when movies do montage training scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I I I default here the um montage song from South Park. Oh, okay. It's gonna be a montage because <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got when when the movie doesn't have time to show all the training you got to do a montage, you know what I mean? So I, I love that they, they do that, but even in doing that, it's, it's beautifully done. But what I really want to get to is talking again about Aquafina and how, Mar- how she and Marvel have matured. Yeah. They're the, the scene where, where Sean tells, finally tells her, Hey, no, I killed my, my mother's killer. Um, if she, if she just listens. Yeah. And, and, he, and when he walks away, there's no quips, there's no, there's no oh, but you know that. Let's go do karaoke now, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Or that that it's, went it's, well, you know. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, right. No. You know, no, nothing like that. It was she just sits there and listen. He walks away, and the scene just fades away. And you, you're, you're, you're all you're left with is to feel that 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 wow, like the our way. hero is a murderer, is a, is yeah. a murderer. You know what I mean? Uh, and this whole time, like, and they by this point they've built him up to be so heroic. For him to finally concede that, hey, no, I murdered somebody. It's like, oh shoot, like this guy really isn't perfect, but yeah. he's still the hero. Which, which, I mean, who, 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 who of us can can feel that? We all feel that, right? We all want to be the hero, but at the same time, we all know we're not perfect. So for him to concede this, really for no reason other than to just be honest, yeah. was amazing because it wasn't something that was forced out of him. It was something that he was just like, look, man, you're my ride or die. We're going through some crazy stuff. We're in a mystical land. I can't <laughs> die knowing that I'm lying to you. Right. That's deep. That's deep. hundred you know, percent. And again, it wasn't and and it wasn't done. And it wasn't done in a and by the way, I'm secretly in love with you. It, no, I'm just your friend. I'm just your friend. And I want to tell you the truth before you know, before you give up your life for for me. Right. It was amazing. Amazing. And Aquafina just sells it as a compassionate friend who's literally just listening. Yeah. And still with him, you know what I mean? You know, so and then it goes into the, the to the to the fun montage. You know, she's that she learns how to shoot these arrows. It's and it's just it, it's the movie has so many dimensions to it. Um, even Shang, Shang has these great interactions with his aunt. Yeah, where he does. she where he 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 again he's showing that that he's he needs to be ready, right? He could easily go into this fight as I'm just going to fight my dad and I'm going to feed him. He goes to his aunt and goes, look, 
your my sister, your sister, my mother defeated him. Teach me. Right. You know what I mean? So the, like, the uh, humility, like Dr. Strange, teach me. <laughs> teach me. Right, right. right. And, and she teaches him, again, a beautifully choreographed scene where yeah. she teaches him. I mean, she, she shows him, like, you don't need fists. Just, you know, and then she opens up his palms. Right. To show it, to, you know what I mean? Like, it was so, it was so that was that's, but That felt like very Bruce Lee to me. Like, when I realized how he was fighting and how she was fighting, it was almost like he was trained to fight as a as a blunt instrument. Like he's a sledgehammer right. and he's supposed to just wreck through everything. And um, I, I, you know, watching her fight, I'm reminded of that. And I obviously don't know it by heart, but that Bruce Lee quote about being water. And yeah. Well, he'll be, he'll, he'll be like water. He would just say yeah. that. Be like water. Let it let it flow around you. Now, you're not fighting it. You're you're yeah. you're moving with it. And that's exactly what was happening. Yeah, you evolve with with the fight. You don't come in there with your five moves that you're going to do because you don't know what's going to happen, you know? And so you evolve with the fight. You move with the motion of the fight and you never lose yourself because you do so. So I thought that was a really a really beautiful way to showcase something that he had, you know, espoused in his teachings, Bruce Lee. And you were talking about the Aquafina thing again. Every time I watch something, one of the tropiest things that happens in superheroes is that the superhero has a secret, his loved one doesn't know it, and there's always going to be an episode where the secret comes out and the loved one is betrayed and gives him a bunch of grief over it. Why didn't you tell me? You could, even though their reasons are way obvious as to why they didn't say it. You know what I'm saying? Because you were gonna die. Because it was something that I didn't want you to know. Because it was gonna change the dynamic in our relationship. There's no real good reason to lie. But some of these heroes are protecting people with their lies. So instead of having her be like, "Wow, ten years, and now you're telling me this," or "Wow, ten years, and uh, you're a murderer now," that's that's how I gotta see you. She just quietly took it all in because she understands that. It doesn't change anything about the man that she knows. If anything, it just gives her more information as to why he is the way that he is. And that's the kind of uh, understanding you would hope from people in your circle. You know, we've all done some some things that we're probably not proud of. And sometimes we keep those things to ourselves because uh, the idea of having your image changed in somebody's mind is too frightening especially if you feel like you hold a, a place in society or a community or anything like that. But I hope to reach a place of emotional honesty like this, where we get to sit down and be like, Hey, listen, this messed up thing happened and I'm not really proud of it. And I'm trying to be better because of it. You know, that right. seeing that as opposed to them, I mean, that could have been a kiss moment, right. Or something they could have made that, you know, into any other cliche girl, boy yep. situation there. And mm -hmm. they did it. And I, I, I really appreciated that. No, it was wonderfully done. So the, I mean, and, and and it all leads up into that huge emotional moment that you brought up, where he just disses the hell out of his father. But like, man, even if my, we save mom, she's not going to want anything to do with you. And yeah. that is like, oh, oh, hell no. Yeah, that <laughs> punch the, was a Dragon Ball the... Z punch, bro. He punched him yes. through the ocean to the bottom, seemingly to Straight the bottom up. of it, uh, millions of miles away. Uh, and that's not the only Dragon Ball Z esque uh, situation yes. that happens here. Not even, not even esque, man. They straight up, they straight up say it, man. She straight <laughs> no, no, up says true. it. It's true. Um, but uh, with everyone else distracted now, and his his son in the ocean, Wenwu follows his wife's voice to the dragon scaled wall that represents the gate. Using the ring's immense power, he repeatedly strikes at the wall, creating cracks where these strange creatures from the dark dimension start to escape. These flying demons start to suck the souls out of the inhabitants of Tao Lo and the members of the Ten Rings and are bringing the souls back to their massive uh, leader, this Cthulhu-esque dweller in darkness, hoping to make him strong enough that he could break through the, ga great, eh, the gate himself. 
the massive creature uh, will eventually set his sights on Tao Lo before taking over the entire world. So they decide both sides that they're going to work together to destroy the creature. I love that initially Razor Fist is not down. And then I think, is it Death Dealer that gets taken and killed? Somebody. Yes, no. Death Dealer, gone. Death, Death Dealer, right? dealer <laughs> immediately gone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? well, <laughs> there you go. Open and shut. There's that. that. There's there, that. There, there he goes. Where's his Disney Plus show? That, that's not happening. So, <laughs> right. So Dev Dealer, the Dev Dealer prequel. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna do it. Nah. But, um, nah. Uh, underwater, Shang Chi is assisted by the Great Protector, the dragon who helped turn the tide a thousand years ago, and he rides it to face off against the Soul Suckers. Um, oh, and Trevor plays possum with Morris. So there's a bunch of stuff here we're gonna talk, we're gonna tackle. Firstly, I wanted to say that it's so cool that you can see the literal. Um, bubbles of air go to his mouth like he's literally aided from drowning because the air is pushed into him by i'm assuming right the great protector the 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 great protector yeah the bubbles almost represent the rings around his head when they first appear it looks really really cool and what did you think about just the, the the gravity of introducing a creature this huge into the marvel cinematic universe uh well you know a lot of a lot of the things i'd seen online were uh Fing Fang Foom, and I was yes. like, no, no, I don't want to see Fing Fang Foom. It's this is, this is not this is not a Godzilla movie. Fing <laughs> Fang, because again, you know, I was happy we're, we're we're going into the mystical realm, but let's not dive into it. Uh, you know, All like like way. we're doing like like we're doing a polar bear challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was because because even me, I was not happy with the introduction. Like the, I, I'm fine with the idea of the Great Protector and seeing it. Cool. Yeah. But I was really not impressed with the Death Dealer. That was okay. that's probably the thing that that took me away from this movie. But I know why they did it, and this and I believe this is why they did it. it, it Shang Chi is is really um, outside of now what he can do and with, with, with the movie. Right. He's really along the lines of a Black Widow Hawkeye character. Okay. So for years, whether it's SNL or or whoever's making fun of it. You know, it's always, oh, the Incredible Hulk, he can smash things, Thor, he's a god, Captain America, Super Soldier Serum, and Unbreakable Shield, and the girl with a gun and the bow and arrow guy. Right, right. So so the idea of, oh, yeah, and now we're going to add the, the karate kid to this mix <laughs> is like, all right, I get it. You know, we it, it, it would look, quote, unquote, silly. Right. So when the monster comes out, I'm like, I know why they're doing this. They're doing it so that they can elevate shang chi to the point where it makes sense for him to stand next to thor and stand next to black panther yeah because he, he can't just be the martial artist but i say screw you mcu and that's why i will <laughs> always i will always go back to my comic books because if you read stuff like the secret avengers and even the current uh shang chi book uh or even the current uh asian all asian team of agents of atlas yeah. You will see that there is a place even for this character who has quote unquote no powers um, on a team. What he yeah. brings to the table, what he's capable of. So, I, for me, I, I guess, like I said, I get it, and I even enjoyed the the, the final confrontation and everything like that, like for for cinematic pleasure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I just if if all he did was fight guys on buses and <laughs> going to tournaments. Right. I'm totally happy with that. I don't need him to become Goku. I don't need him to become yeah, Vegeta yeah, yeah. or somebody the like one, that. Like, so yeah. the one, right. You know what I mean? Right. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. Um, because it, to me, it's, it's just like, it's, 
I don't know what the hell to call it. It's I don't know what the hell to call it. It's I, <laughs> well, I it's, did it's not, I did like I don't know. I did like the idea because Marvel had has also been criticized of doing the whole the villain is just a hero with the same powers in reverse or kind of stuff, you know. And with when we're out of the way eventually, as we'll get there, you know, I feel like the, these creatures are actually the villain, um, and they're terrifying. That's one of the things I love about certain villains. I my villains have to be scary. Watching them try to kill those little ones and they just reconstitute. They just re- come back together, like they're cutting off yeah. the little one's heads yeah. and they're just melding together and they're back. Yeah. That's scary as hell. <laughs> I thought that, that yeah. was scary as hell. Um, and you you fear for these people all of a sudden. These people I didn't even know 10 minutes ago from Tao Lo yeah. and you know, the, the Ten Ring Army. And it's scary seeing souls being taken out. This is all like Lovecraftian um, you know, designs. No, stuff. I mean, I, they were definitely well done. I, I, I don't know if this creature exists in the comics. I'm not familiar with it at all. The so de- seeing the, it, uh, dark dweller or the dweller in the dark. Yeah, I do. I, yeah, I think I may have heard of it, but I think maybe in like Doctor Strange, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't, don't ask me anything besides that. Um. So, so yeah, like the little creatures were frightening. I would have much preferred. I think it would have been way more comedic had a razor fist been the one that got consumed in that moment yeah. rather than death dealer. Like, Oh yeah, I know. I don't believe in these things. And then he just gets a soul ripped out. And the rest of the army's like, yeah, our general just got taken out and <laughs> these things are obviously real. Right. But right. instead they had death dealer and um, it, 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 the comedic impact wasn't there. And to me, it really didn't even need to be there. It should have just been like, yeah, these things are ripping souls out of people. Let's team up. Right, so because right. but you know that, why they didn't kill off Razor Fist? They didn't kill off Razor Fist because he's getting two fi- Razor Fists in the sequel. <laughs> oh, right, right. We, we got to see that. For, well, the well, but, 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 well, no, first, first, he's gonna get his own Disney Plus series. Yeah, you know yeah, the, yes. the the you know the the, <laughs> the, the the fist the fist behind the razor the razor fist story. Speaking of you which, now I mean? that you said it, now that you said it, they literally have him have to razor like objects at one point he takes his own off right because he needs one of their dragon yeah yeah he has the, the 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 dragon scale razor and then he uses a staff in the other hand yes yeah so they might be you know we might we might just be getting there that's interesting there. yeah that that's a easter egg easter, easter egg easter you know eggs. uh so so if that happens um yeah so the dragon like i had hinted earlier this to me is also where Again, it still looks great. It's beautiful, but because there's so much graphics on screen now, yeah. Considering that prior to this, we really didn't have that much graphics. This is kind of where it, we get into that Black Panther territory. Yeah, it, it it looks better than Black Panther, but considering for the first you know eighty five percent of the movie now, we've seen everything is real, with the exception of little hints of here and there. Yeah. Now this whole now now we're looking at green screen. This is yeah. all green screen. So it was a little disappointing because it almost kind of reminded me of Wonder Woman. Whereas uh, Wonder, the first 90 the first 90% of Wonder Woman was damn perfect. And then the old man turns to Aerie and everyone's just <laughs> like, this is this is yeah. bullshit. So yeah, you know it's funny so, when the when the father, when he's finding the father at towards the end, and it, it does seemingly look more and more green screen, like in the black smoke and stuff. There's one part where they're just fighting and it's all gray smoke and rocks. And I'm like, this feels like a DC movie right now. This ending right here feels like Right, right, right. I would have you know, when uh, when when they get to the point, I don't I don't know if we're getting ahead of ourselves with the what happens with the rings. Um, we're al- we're almost there. If you want you want okay. to 
Yeah, let's get there. Let's get there. Okay. So uh, with the Great Protector joining the fight, Shang-Chi confronts Wenwu and they battle again. After using some of his mother's techniques, he's able to steal some of the rings from his father to use against him. After a while, he gets control over all the rings and creates a massive ball of energy that could kill his father, but decides against it knowing he isn't a killer. Um, we get that beautiful hero shot. Once he's got all the rings, oh my mm-hmm. god, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see yeah, the rings yeah. glowing through the smog, the smog and the smoke, and he just yeah. steps forward. I'm like, come on, come on. Who's not gonna be Shang Chi for Halloween? Come on. Yeah. It's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> well, no, yeah, right. Again, like it, it looks awesome. It's like that cool moment. And but what I really wanted to see was, as he would eventually do, is he discards the rings. And I was like, "Oh, now we're gonna get now we're gonna get a beautifully choreographed kung fu fight." Yeah. Okay. Instead, we instead instead we get we get a father scene, which which was more emotionally vesting, where the death dealer then shows up, and you know uh, he has to he pushes him out of the way so that he doesn't get consumed, and uh, Wei Wu gets consumed, the Shang Shang Chi's father. Yeah. And again, that shows you that like this was not some evil maniacal warlord this was a father who was trying to save his wife and lost albeit in a very yeah. and just lost sight of things he just went he yeah. went because i mean in that earlier flashback you see he gave up he gives up the 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 warlord life yeah. and he's dragged back into it because of what what happens so here he is now using his you know using his warlord influence to save his son and gives himself up almost because he what does he what does he have left to live for he has yeah. a, a, you know, his kids are already grown. His daughter hates him. His son doesn't know him. Right. His wife is now, he now has, has confirmed, my wife is dead. So what can I do? I can sacrifice myself to save my son and, and officially pass on this power to him um, so that he can save the world. And okay. it was it was beautifully done. It was beautifully done. And, and beautifully acted right before the uh, dweller in the dark. What what a what a mouthful, right? Right before yeah, the right. dweller the dweller in the dark shows up, which apparently is a six one six monster from another dimension. Uh, I just found that out. Um, but before he actually breaks through, uh, when Wu hears the mother one more time and almost exasper- exasperatedly says to his son like i have to like i she's right there i have to save her and shang responds by saying something along the lines of like like your family needs you like all this time you've been on this you know revenge quest since mom died and you left us behind we needed a father and he says that throughout the fight and it's something i didn't even think about like he totally could have after this death you know went did what he did with the iron gang and then said, you know what? I got you kids. We got this. We will find a way to make this work. But he never took his eye off the ball of like, I'm bringing all this back. You know, I'm, I will, I'm going to find a way to get her. And in, in the process of trying to get his wife back, he lost his kids, not physically, but you know, he lost, he lost a connection to his children. And so to hear Shang as a grown man, look at his father and still offer him the opportunity to come back. Like you can still come back even after everything we just did, even after trying to get me to kill people, well, getting me to kill people when I was 14, all of the years of neglect right here, I'm your son. And I'm telling you, your family needs you. Just, you know, just tell me you're done with this. And he doesn't, he's still, he's still driven. I thought all of that was beautifully acted considering that it was mainly faces. It was close-ups in that moment. And you can feel how tired they both are. You know, they're just tied from the fight, the emotion, all of it. They're just exhausted at this point. And then that 
um, dealer in the dark just burst through and he's just tentacles and wings. And, and he, like you said, he grabs up uh, Wenwu and uh, starts to steal his soul. And then if, if you weren't emotional, then as he's stealing his soul, uh, Wenwu's looking at Shang-Chi and all he's thinking about is his role as his father as, as over the years. You know, right, and I'm there like, Damn. yeah, and, and <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's 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 harsh. It was again, it's those layers that this movie show you, and it shows you. It doesn't explain it to you. It doesn't it doesn't feed it to you like you're a child. Yeah. You feel it. You see it. And uh, what do they say? Uh, a picture is a thousand words. Yep. You 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 you. Everything just flows in and out of you. You feel it. You see it. Um, you just you just ingest it, and it it's it still stays in me. I, I saw the movie about twenty four hours ago now, and I feel like I just watched it. Yeah, and it, uh, it, yeah. it it's it's so fresh because it's so new. I feel like in my mind, um, we were talking about before. Uh, you know, he creates this big ball of energy with the rings, and I literally in my mind thought they're doing a better Kamehameha than they did in, in, in Dragon Ball Evolution, which I think was a ball of air. Or something. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, they I, looked great. I was, I was all set for him to say Hadouken. Yeah, I think my man. son actually, I think my son actually whispered it to me because he knows how much I love Street Fighter. <laughs> right, so I think right. he leaned over and was like, Papi Hadouken. And I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, yo, he's going to blow this man. It's going to be a spirit bomb. He's going to blow this man away. You know, but, um, but he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he drops, he, he chooses not to because it's, it's, it's my dad. You know I mean? I don't want to, I, I have no mother. My sister's a crazy ninja assassin train warrior. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and my, you know, my dad is, he as yeah, he's this warlord that's been ruling stuff for a thousand years, but he's, doesn't seem like he's that bad. And yeah. but even in that moment, you still have to pay for your sins, and that the dweller in the dark does. Yep. And even then, I when I, the whole time I was even thinking, watching it, and in, in, in these last couple minutes of the movie, I'm thinking, okay, but once they defeat the monster, everybody's gonna get their soul back. Yeah, that's not the case. Nope. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. Like so, all these people that they kill are gone. So, you know, when they when they do eventually defeat these these creatures with in the in the crazy fight that ensues between the um the, the, the protector and the dweller yeah uh which which like you know in a lot of those moments you're definitely going to hear about people picking apart the green screen and all this stuff but i'm like yeah, whatever there's, some, there's sometimes i couldn't really tell what was going on um right but... or, or 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 like when the sister when the sister becomes the writer of the protector i'm just like she doesn't look quite right right like you right. could tell like all right like especially this, this where it goes is... at the end right especially where it goes in the post credit like what what she's worthy of writing the protector we know she's about to turn seemingly about to turn yes right 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 well who well who well, seemingly seemingly who seemingly. knows how she's gonna run it That's who knows true. she's running the organization but maybe she's gonna do a robin hood kind of thing who knows there you go yeah you know, uh, so who knows? We don't know, and, and that that that's a whole other avenue to explore now because it's like, what well, they they can do so much with just that part of the story. And I've even heard other reviewers say she was like the weakest part of this movie, which I'm like, okay, you can argue that, but at the same time, now her character has probably some of the greatest potential growth. It's established now because yeah, we move she's forward now, from here. He's established. We move forward, and she's running the Ten Rings now. Yep. So I was like, whoa, like, what could you do with that? So, but, you know, back to the movie, the actual part of the movie, 
you know, so he, he, they, he, he under, he does, he starts to employ the, the tactics that he had learned from his aunt of, of his mother's fighting technique yeah. in combination with his father's rings, which, which is, it, that goes back to when he remembers what his mother, what his mother says to him before she's murdered, where he says, you're a combination of us both. Yeah. You have to accept that. Right. So here he is using his dad's power and his mother's technique to destroy the dwell in the dark, a, yeah. a monster that before was only able to be contained. He's able to destroy. Yeah. Which, which was awesome. And not only was it awesome for me because that scene looked cool, but I'm a huge jaws fan. And I actually, <laughs> I just showed jaws to my son for the very first time. Not so long ago. Oh, that's awesome. And, and so I always like, that's one of the lines I quote in my life anyway, like in, in playing fighting games or doing some not stupid stuff. I'm always telling people smile, you son of a bitch. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> done, by the, done, done by the legendary uh, Roy Schneider. Right. So when 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 he blows up this monster and all the guts and everything are flying across the screen, I was just like, "Smile, you son of a bitch," you um, know, because it just it looked like it looked like when Jaws gets blown up at the end of the movie. Speaking of funny moments, what'd you think of uh, Trevor's plan? What'd you think of the whole playing possum? Oh my god, the <laughs> playing Morris. possum was so perfectly done, so perfectly <laughs> done. When Morris is climbing over all the bodies that have no souls, and then you see Trevor's his body there, and even me, I'm like, oh shoot, did he get taken up? Did he? God, God. And then he's like, he's like, no, I'm, I'm acting, you fool. Play along. And you see the the creature Morris also get on his back, and he's he kind of looks up like. Well done, well done. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was, it, you know, and the, and to me, that was one of the good jokes of, of the movie. Like, or in the midst of all this chaos and just apocalyptic situation, here you got this guy being like, "I gotta survive," exactly. <laughs> and, and and I'll do it the way I've always done it. Lie, That's right? How I've always That's managed it. to lie to survive. Yeah, in the ah, he's not, not, he's not lying. He's, no, he's an actor. He's an actor. He learned from those monkeys. Sure. You know? That's it. That's right. That's right. Monkeys. That's right. Those we're just he's just he's just trying to live up to those train monkeys. That's all. <laughs> so, so I have a, I have a bit of this third act kind of described, but again, it, it there's a lot going on. The only thing I have described in detail is my favorite part, which is how they kill the creature. So once Wenwu is dead, the rings revert back to Shang Chi, and like you said, he's using them and his mother's technique to cause some great damage. Uh, he uses his sister's help. He uses a well-placed arrow from Katie, and they're able to disable the beast and stop it from taking the Great Protector's soul. Which reminded me of Godzilla when he just opens the mouth of that creature and and shoots atomic breath. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, oh, they're gonna kiss. Yep. He's like <laughs> the dwellers just opening up the dragon, trying to take his soul. Uh, but. And correct me if I'm wrong, but what I perceive to have ha seen happen in this film is Shang-Chi shoots the rings into the mouth of the beast. The rings then go down to the belly of the beast. Once in there, he uses his power over them to make them circulate, which creates like a circular saw inside of the monster. <laughs> and then he yes. rips, he rips the whole the whole thing out of the of the beast and so we just get this massive blast of energy and body parts that fling around yeah now you see blending. you literally see la tentacle that's what that's why when i when i saw it i'm like smile you son of a bitch because that right. looks just like when jaws is blown a bit and you see his just, yeah. his husk just just going down into the ocean i'm like there goes cthulhu he's oh, blown man. a bit it was it, I, I was i was really impressed with that because i'm like this is a and not just that, how many times did they sh say shit and bitch? Yeah. And it was like, wow, like the MCU has matured. Right. 
that's what I'm saying. Like that that was a creative ass way to kill that monster, but it's also yeah. that's incredibly grim. That's incredibly gory to, to create a circular saw inside of a being for cutting it up from the inside and then ripping that whole apparatus straight out of its body. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the enemies defeated Shang Chi and his family um, have saved the day, and that night they have a ceremony out of respect for those lost in battle. Um, back in America, Sean and Katie tell the story of their heroics to their friend, who refuses to believe them. And then the moment where everybody popped, suddenly a sling ring portal opens up, and as soon as it does, I'm like, they need to just do this from now on. <laughs> like whenever they want to just, <laughs> they, whenever they just, whenever things are just lagging, can a sling ring portal just open up and Wong show up? Because it made me so excited. I got obviously definite Nick Fury Avengers vibes, right? Of is your, mm-hmm. you know, Shang Chi, or you know, do you still right, have right, right. rings? Kind of stuff. And he pleads with them both to come with them. Uh, and they do, and that is seemingly the end until we get to the rest of this stuff. So, in a uh, in a post credit scene, we see Shang Chi speak to Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers and Wong, and it is discovered that the Ten Rings are not of any alien technology known to either one of them, or, or the three of them, and they probably date back even longer than a thousand years. That kind of rings to me like um, uh, Eternals stuff. It feels like that yes. might be. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Um, even stranger, the rings themselves, after being used by Shang Chi, are emitting a mysterious beacon. Who are they? Who are they calling? Somebody's beeper just went off. You understand? Somewhere in the multiverse, and they coming, mm-hmm. and who knows if they're gonna be happy? Even um, uh, so, like things just got like things were already serious. Things got way more serious, and then Wang Wang warns them that their lives are about to change forever. So to cool down, they do some karaoke together. And that just made my heart sore. It was absolutely brilliant, I thought. Um, in another post credit scene, we see Xi Ling become the new leader of the Ten Rings and updates its image, adding some more female warriors or adding female warriors to begin with. There was no female warriors before. And a little bit of her like kind of punk graffiti aesthetic to it. Yes. Uh, so I, I really, really dug that. But, be, you know, that's, that's basically the film as it is. Um, I completely, I, I, I'm flabbergasted over it. I'm going to probably see it a couple more times. I'm going to push family members to go see it. Uh, but as a whole, now even going through it a second time, uh, how do you, how are you feeling about this thing? No, I mean, just everything you said about the ending. Yeah. You, 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 you captured it beautifully. The, I love the fact that when they're talking to their friend now, the friends even they're, they're telling the whole story. It's like it's, it's like the movie was them telling the story after seeing their friends yet again. Like, yeah, so so now we're fighting these creatures and we meet these people. And yeah, he uses the, the creature with his mom and all this stuff. It was just like he's telling this whole story. And uh, the friends are just like, whatever. But I like how it humanizes even them because think about how many times we've seen Iron Man and Captain America and all these other characters. They just brood afterwards in wherever they, they hang out. And they yeah. and they just they just sulk about what they just went through. These two go to meet up with their two friends over drinks and talk to them as if though like, oh, my workday was this. Yeah, you know what I mean. So so it was it was a cool just to see again like these are rec- these are relatable people. Yeah, they're still that's the what every I would man. do. Yeah, that's, they're still the every man and every woman, right? Like they're still yeah, because that's what I would do. That if 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 right now George Wong sling rings in here and I, and then like three days later I come back I'm like yo George, let me tell you kid. I just, I was, I was, I met Iron Fist. I was fighting with Black Panther. You know, uh, Thanos showed up, but then I, don't, I was like, you know, I, I tell you everything. 
right, I wouldn't right, sit right. there and be like, I, I got oh man, I'm gonna brood and stare into the corner and 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 he, imagine hearing some orchestra music in the background. Nah, man, I'm, t- I'm talking about what I just went through. And it's not like so, they're not affected because Shang Chi like bows his head for a second, and goes, "Yeah, we lost a lot of good people on that day." So he yeah. knows about the gravitas of it. It's just what daily life is now. This is his yeah. life. So you know, this that's is it. That's it, it. So so and and then the funny thing is, who 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 ruins the gravitas? One of the most, one of the most, the deepest characters in the MCU, Wong, just walks yeah. in like, "Hey, wait, uh, I'm looking for the Shang Chi guy. Anybody know this guy?" You I know? love that he takes their so drinks. He, he steals their drinks. And he drinks yes, them. yes. <laughs> you know, uh, so you know, and then he takes them. And I was really expecting to see Doctor Strange. Yes. You know, I, I I was expecting to see my man Benedict Cumberbatch coming fresh off of his beautiful what if what if episode yeah and and seeing him but they i was like oh I'm happy with wong and then even then when i was thinking they're gonna wong was gonna be with dr strange you see a, everybody's favorite captain marvel you know yep. people still freaking shit on her for no for reason for no reason for no reason and um and bruce banner which I, and and i love the fact that his arm is still hurt but he and he's not professor hulk which is he's not professor hulk well. he's he's, yeah. bruce, he's bruce banner and he looks older he yeah. looks like like he looks like a guy in his fifties. His arm is still injured. He's Bruce Banner, and I love the fact that they they're the ones that tell them, "Hey, man, your life's about to change." Like yeah. you think you think what you just went through was crazy. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I dug that because even in our lives, a lot of times we don't realize when those changes are coming. You know, our, sometimes our, some if you're lucky enough to have a, a parent or somebody tell you, "Hey, man." You're 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 gonna do this. You're gonna end up doing this. Um, it, we're not all lucky enough to have that. It, a lot of times, we're we're like that talking that talking heads uh, uh, song, where it's like, "How did I get here? Yeah, how did I get yeah. this house? How did I get this? <laughs> right, right. You know, like what the? How did this? You know what I mean? So so the fact that the like I love the fact that they're setting up those characters to be their their um their mentors, so to speak, is is great. Especially considering it feels like nah, Shang Shang Chi knows it all. It's just like no, he doesn't. He's, right. you know, we all we all need someone to kind of steer us or, or or tutor us. So that was really exciting that of how they introduced that, and also the idea that the ring is a beacon because the yellow, the yellow, and the fact that it's a beacon to a map totally reminded me of you know the Matt the Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker run yeah. on on Iron Fist. So and, and the, so the, I think the yellow, Fraction I think Fraction was actually thanked in the credits. Yes, he yes, he was. This. And the moment I saw his name in the credits, I was like there's no reason for his name to be in the credits unless he's helping to guide it into his run. Right. Because as far as I know, Matt Fraction has never written Shang-Chi. Not to my knowledge, no. Yeah. So um you know, so it's like just, just to see what they're setting up here. And what okay, I I can't imagine how this ties into Eternals. I can't see how this ties. I can see how it ties into like the multiverse of madness. Yeah. But past that, like this to me is its own tentpole. You okay. know, it, now you're going you're going into it, it, its own thing. Mystery. You can it started do Iron its Fist own movie. mystery, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can do Iron Fist from here. You can do, and then Iron Fist lends itself to just opening up properly to so many other things. Yeah, I, I'm be I'm be, I'm beyond excited. I'm it, it, this, yeah. If, this if is, they can connect the other stuff from Netflix, we can have the Ten Rings, we can have Kung Lung, we can have the Hand. You know, we can really start mm-hmm. fleshing out some of these other organizations. And with stuff like Hawkeye around the corner, I'd pop if the Ten Rings showed up. 
You know that that's that's level that's street level. Those are regular human beings. It'd be really cool to yeah. see if that if the organization it pops up. So you don't you're not throwing your uh you're not throwing your name in the hat for any um, mysterious theories about this beacon. Is there anything that uh, the mysterious? I, I believe is I, I I believe it's Kunlun. I believe it's it's the ancient city of Kunlun, and that's and we're gonna get Iron Fist in some capacity. Um, and hopefully, and I feel bad. I, I'm not, a, I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I don't, yeah, I don't, because to me, here's my, here's my quick two cents on those, on those Netflix shows. Yeah. Daredevil was beautifully planned. Uh, even Luke Cage and, and Jessica Jones, I felt like were given lots of production time. Yeah. I really feel like with Iron Fist, they rushed it. They kind of took it for granted. They were like, yeah, man, let's just get this done fast so we can get to Defenders and get to season twos and then get to Defenders yeah. season two. It doesn't matter how good this one is because they're eating up all the other ones. Right. And that's where it, it got all tripped up. Everybody was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't give us this low budget, poorly acted, horribly cinematographic. And then like, I don't know if you saw the honest trailer for Iron Fist, but no, I have to. They it hit just it on the head. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't it, want it to. I didn't want it to uh, affect this this film because I have really strong feelings about Iron Fist. We're actually going to be doing a which was worse, uh, season one of Iron Fist or season one of, uh, what is it? The, uh, in Inhumans, season one of Inhumans. Inhumans. Oof. Oh, yeah. I still haven't. I still haven't seen Inhumans because. I'm a huge Inhumans yeah, fan. Yeah, you like the royal family. You like the Inhuman royal family. I love, I love the royal family. Uh, from the time that I was introduced to them in like 1990, 91, with the Fantastic Four cartoon back in the day. Right. I, I love them. I've pretty much read everything since that time. I've never really read the classic, the classic Kirby um, Inhumans, but everything since I've, I've, I've read, and I, and I love it. And the fact, like, I, yeah, I'm not one of these people that wanted them to replace the X Men. Yeah. But I loved that they got that spotlight for so long because right. a lot of a lot of well-written stuff would happen there. It was just that the fans were like, don't give us this instead of the X-Men. We can get yeah. both. And Mar Marvel slash Disney was like, listen, man, we, we we we're trying to we're trying to assemble our own Infinity Gauntlet. So this yeah. is what we have to do to get Fox to give us back <laughs> X-Men. A hundred percent. And it and 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 it paid off. It paid off. So that's I'm really happens. hoping that eventually. No, I agree with you. That's what happens. Like you end up starting these things, and if they don't, if they don't work out for you, it's scary how they could just toss those whole that whole thing away, right? Because the Inhumans deal that that ends up trickling down with Terrigen Mist all the way down to Miss Marvel. If it was done right, I could see them proudly linking Inhumans and Miss Marvel. But because it wasn't done right, who knows what Miss Marvel is going to end up being? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Of, I don't know how, how they're going to. Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna explain her origin now in the in the show that she's gonna be in, and then the eventual movie, the Marvels. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting because I, like I said, I'm a big Inhumans fan, so I would love if they found a way to just acknowledge that show and yeah. then maybe like reboot it, so to speak. I don't know, but I need to watch it. I still haven't watched it. It's only a few episodes, um, but it, it just it's one of those things that got so I just lampooned and not, no one had anything good to say about it. And then the fact that it didn't continue, the, the fact that it didn't continue <laughs> past the first season, I was <laughs> like, all right, that's that's all I need to know. But it's it's sitting on Disney Plus now, so I'll get to it eventually, even if I just kind of fast forward through it. Um, but with Iron Fist, I heard, I, and I still never got to it, I heard that season two is way better than season one. It is. I had just never got, I just never got to it. But the first season, <clears throat> I liked the villain, the the the, the, the dad. I yeah. thought he was kind of kind of wonk like a, he was a different kind of villain. Right. 
what I hated, what I hated were the two siblings. The two, yeah, the, they were. I, uh, they were just like, what, what what's the happening? The Meachams. The Meachams. Yeah, you go. The, the Meachams. Like, with the with the son, with the son, I was just like, when are you going to die? You know, especially once once he killed his dad, and then his dad comes back to life. I'm like, okay. Yay, we're gonna get rid of one of these kids. And they were saying like the dad Wrong. was a dragon or something at one point. <laughs> or gets, something like that. It gets freaking weird. But but we've seen with this Trevor Slattery thing that if there's things that they've done in the past that they don't necessarily like, <clears throat> they can retool them for the future. So let's hope that they do bring back some of these concepts that they were introduced in Daredevil, in Iron Fist, etc. And we really get to see that stuff fleshed out. Maybe they're waiting for Multiverse of Madness to bust all that open. Uh, who it knows? could be. It, it it could be because I mean uh, I was having a discussion with that my friends recently about that. Um, everyone's I don't know if you've seen the meme where it's like, oh Shang Chi is the best Marvel movie ever, and then underneath it you see it say Spider Man No No Way Home, and it's like it's the best movie so far or yet. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. And yeah. I, and and for and for me, I'm sitting there. I'm not really looking forward to the next Spider Man, and even I'm a little worried about this Doctor Strange movie because. One, Spider Man's don't have a good track history with part threes. Yes, this is true. And 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 uh, and part and and, uh, and another thing is whenever the cast gets too big for its britches, yeah. a la X Men: The Last Stand, things it, it it's if it, 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 it the movies usually fall apart beneath its own weight. Yeah, it's hard so to tell those, a tight story with so many people to serve. Exactly. So so unless a lot of these people are showing up as like two minute cameos. I can't. I, I. It's going to be hard for me to believe that it's going to be pr- properly juggling all everything that's going to be happening because it's yeah. a lot. It's it's a lot. Even though I did hear that Spider-Man No Way Home, I believe is going to have like a two and a half hour runtime, maybe longer. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I. It's, I I'm not, uh, unconfirmed, right, right. but that's what I'm hearing. But I could totally believe it, considering the amount of crap they say is going to be in it. So it's just like. For me, because and I'm sorry to say, Internet, be beware of what I'm about to say, but <laughs> I was not gush. I was not gushing over Loki. I was yeah. not the the show. The show from the show for me reminded me of the gluttonous behavior of 1990s comics, uh. where it's just like you guys, you guys are really reaching for something so big, you're gonna you're gonna bite into something you're 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 not ready to handle. Right, because you're getting into all of these aspects. It just reminds me, like variants. The term yeah. variant shit scares the shit out of me, because it reminds me of, hey man, you got to get every variant cover. Of this <laughs> right, comic right, book. right, right, yeah. <laughs> and that makes me go, no, no. So the, the the term variant in that show is just terrifying to me, because I'm like, I, I don't have, it, I like this this concise story. Now we're gonna have this concise. Yagdrasil type tree of a story that's yeah. going to branch off into God knows how many different directions. Do I have the time and do I care enough to continue to to watch this? Because for me, as a comic book collector, when a comic books when comics get too big for their own britches, I go, well, I don't have time for these ten issues. I'm going to get down to five. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Marvel's now looking at the big boy shelf for tools to use. They seemingly think that they're past the the, the normal stuff, and in many ways that they, they are. I hope that they do treat these concepts, you know, with care, because, like you said, when you're going to tackle an entire season on the idea of time 
and how time can change with with certain events and all that kind of stuff and how one you know the butterfly effect things that's a rabbit hole that's a rabbit hole of things and the more stuff that you introduce the more questions people raise and if you don't have good answers to those questions people just nod out because they're like I, right. don't, I don't get it i don't understand there's too much happening i don't get it so i i, I personally hate time travel i yeah. hate it outside of back to the future i have never 100% enjoyed a time travel show, movie, comic book, nothing. Because yeah. even in Infinity War and Endgame, I dreaded the idea of time travel. And in Endgame, they did a great job of explaining it. But even in explaining it, like you said, you you once you start going down that rabbit hole, it becomes who cares? Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what you just what you just explained makes absolutely no sense and can be undone by its own logic. Yeah. So at that point, what's the point of it? Um, you know, I did like that they did the time jump that they recognized, look, man, we can't just make it so that it never happened. We have to, it has to have happened for this to happen. Yeah. So I get that. I'm like, cool, Russo's. I applaud you for that, for not just undoing it. Um, cause even, in, even in the source material, they just undo it. They just, yeah. all right, you snapped it once. We snap it again. Allah, everything's back, everybody's back yep. and, and everything's back to normal. So I like that. At least like, even in this movie, I don't know if you caught that. But at one point, uh, Shang is walking into a building and you see like the posters for, oh, a blip effect. If you're yeah. suffering from blip, call this number. I was like, cool. They it's acknowledge like therapy, it. Post blip therapy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of like all the billboards after 9-11 in New York where it's like, yeah. oh, call this number or talk to these people. You know what I mean? And so I was like, cool. They're acknowledging it, but they're not. I'm happy they didn't like go into it. Like I'm happy like Aquafina wasn't even like, oh, remember when it disappeared for five years? I'm happy they didn't do anything like that. Like, yeah, it, that stuff happened and cool. Move on. Let's let's go on with this stuff. So yeah. with what's to come, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be first in line. I'm, that's what I do. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I am. I am. You're a little weary. About, You're a bit weary. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, here we go. You know, because <laughs> even even like Black Widow, I, I love that Black Widow was just like an action movie. Right. It was like, oh. After watching Loki and all this other stuff of like, what am I watching? And oh, what does is that it make referencing? Sense? What oh is my it God, uh, to? And how does it to affect? See, yeah. to, to see Black Widow as, oh, she's kicking people's asses and she's solving mysteries and she's helping people. Yay. Simple, straightforward. <laughs> that's so, that's you know what I mean? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, uh, big time. Big time. So the next couple ones, because even the, I finally saw a, a, an entire Eternals trailer in this movie. And I was like, okay, okay, I can see what they're trying to do. Yeah. Let's see what where it goes, you know? We got some bigger stuff, yeah, coming. Seemingly, we're going to go back in time to the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Eternals. We're going to break a, the multiverse in Seemingly Far From Home and then Multiverse of Madness. So we got some really big things coming from Marvel. And just like b Roke, I hope that they are able to handle these things with care because with care, these can be some groundbreaking uh, concepts introduced into comic book media. But if not handled with care, people will stop caring. So they got to make sure that you stay yeah. on that. The best part about it, though, is all the stuff that comes out in the future of Marvel will be covering here as part of the Major Issues podcast and as a part of Comic Book Click. And as you know, you can find all uh, over 190 episodes of the Major Issues podcast. Every single episode of the Major Issues podcast lives at comicbookclick.com. It's also where we sell our merchandise as part of Public, designed by me. We have articles there written by members of the Click and uh, general about us bios so you can find out how we got here 
Um, but we love being here and we love creating this content here for you. The Major Issues podcast comes out every single Wednesday. If you didn't know, if you're just checking us out for the first time because Shang-Chi is so huge, then make sure that you're here every single Wednesday because we're constantly tackling the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. One of the new ventures that we have started is a CBC reaction series where I'm currently going through every episode of Superman and Lois and giving you my honest reactions as I watch the show. It's kind of been taking off. So go to our YouTube, which you can find at comicbookclick.com if you want to check that out. And if you want early access to those videos, all you have to do is support us on patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Consider being a patron and for as low as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, people, you can get early access to that video series vote in on polls of kind of stuff you guys want to see tackled next and you get to help independent content creators like us not even like us you get to help us <laughs> keep the lights on here because we're always trying to come up with new ideas for you guys and sometimes the software the hardware all that stuff costs and um any kind of help or support actually helps us out greatly and you get early access to stuff i just did a video where i thanked all the patrons that's only available at patreon.com slash cbc clubhouse so if you want that personal you know uh eye to eye consider supporting us there but we're also all over social media. We're at facebook.com slash comic book click. We're at Instagram at comic book click. You can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. And through all of those outlets, we're constantly posting the podcast schedule, the things we'll be tackling next, fan art, mo uh, movie news, comic book news, all of it. So make sure that you're part of the conversation there. We want to talk with you. So add us and uh, yeah, get get to it there. Um, feel like I am missing something, but I, oh, if you can't help us financially, uh, the best thing you can do is help spread the word. So regardless if it's word of mouth or you're telling a friend to tell a friend or you're sharing it on Facebook, consider rating, rating and reviewing us on iTunes because it's the quickest way we, uh, grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't like about the show. If you rate us five stars, we get recommended in people's uh, podcast players and you want us to be recommended. Come on. So make sure that you guys do that uh, so we can spread this audience. I've been to the future. All right. I know you hate time travel, bro, but I've been to the future and we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. I just can't say how we do it because it'll mess up the timeline. So just get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full and join us next week where we will be tackling The Sender, one of the most bonkers and cool sci-fi comics I have read in a very long time and something that was recommended uh, by Mr. B. Roke himself. So I can't wait to get into all of that next week. You want to talk about a completely different uh, you know shift from shang chi to descender it's going to be fantastic but the only way to find out is to be here next week so uh yeah make sure that you guys show up my name is george serrano aka the don and before i sign off um, i i know i know george just gave a lot of information but i just want to add that uh george you forget about the giveaway oh my gosh people who the giveaway you know we should extend the giveaway uh, we have some Shang-Chi comics hot off the presses that my man B-Rogue is putting up for the members of Comic Book Click. All you have to do is go to our Facebook. You'll see uh, the rules to engagement. Literally, all you have to do is like the post and comment underneath, and you'll be a blind entry 
to win these four beautiful comics uh, by Shang-Chi. Trust me, if you're watching the movie and you want more, that's where you want to go next. You want to go to the material that's actually being printed and the things that are going to change this character for the better. And they're all right there. You're going to get them for free, people. So consider joining, consider getting in on that contest because we want to connect you people with some good comics. And I think this is the way to do it. Yeah, guys, um, I'm I'm a huge, first and foremost, for me, as much as I've enjoyed the MCU, I own all the steel books. I have Disney Plus. I constantly watch the movies. I love it. I'm a comic book collector at heart. Um, that's that's my go-to stuff. So if the MCU had bombed after the first Iron Man, I would have still been happy because I'm a, I'm a massive comic book collector. Yeah, I still, still got, got the, the comics. comics. I had the comics back when it, it caused you to get wedgies, and I'll <laughs> have the comics even when... And when unfortunately all things come to pass, so even when this is a passing fad, and 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 in the year 2040, people go, hey, remember back in the 2010s when everybody liked, you know, the MCU? I'm going to be sitting there going, I still love it, goddammit. Yeah. So when we're all half so, robots reading our yeah, exactly. <laughs> reading, you know what I mean? So uh, reading the comics in our contact lenses, we'll still be yeah, doing. Yeah. So this. so so with that, before we sign off, I want to give a big shout out to the creators of Shang Chi, uh, Mr. Jim Starlin and Steve Englehart. Without them, um, and of course, everybody behind them, the inkers and other people who are behind the scenes to help them create this character. Um, without them, we wouldn't have this character, along 100%. with a slew of other characters. Um, so, you know, as much as you, everybody is going to be talking about um, the director of this movie and Simu Lu and Aquafina and all this stuff, guys, please always remember that there's um, these characters, these guys, I mean, these guys made these characters up back in the 70s. So yeah. show love, um, get, you know, get get in contact with some of the source material if you can and look i'm giving it away we're giving it away Literally. so if and they and they're they're all variant covers all that stuff is super hot right now it's four beautiful issues um win them read them and then maybe pass them to a friend or slab them as they do nowadays and maybe uh, save them as a uh a keepsake and then one day who knows maybe it'll be worth a couple hundred or even thousands of dollars yeah bring um, them to a so... comic-con get them signed by some of the cast members man you you exactly you have, a, you have exactly. an ability to connect to the material in a way that you never have before and this is this is the perfect example of how to do that i dig it so yeah so guys uh george signed off and i am b roke aka alex and i look forward to uh sharing more stuff descender guys wait it's you think shang chi is crazy yes descender is exactly what you're gonna you are gonna descend into the heart of a story that is unlike anything i've uh ever read and it's amazing so please be with us next week yes uh like he said he is b roke i'm george serrano aka the don and this was our shang chi oh ridiculous this was our shang chi and the legend of the ten rings recap and review and remember even if you were trained to be a killer at 14 or started an underground fighting ring at 16 whether you can drive a bus park a car or ride a dragon remember if you aim at nothing you hit nothing that's one of those lines i like from that film and remember we are the click and always remember that you yes you are worthy <laughs> <laughs>